Hello, everybody. I'm Ari. I'm Nick. And ask me how I'm doing, Nick. <laughs> how are you doing, Wesley? I'm fine. Oh, that's pretty good. That's yeah. good to know. I, I, I finished school. is over. For oh, sure. hey. Three more years in the American public school, so private, private school system. <laughs> and then I like that one. I'm free. What about you, Ari? I'm doing pretty good, too. Had a lot of beach recently. You've been on the beach. In boats. Oh. You naughty boy. Now that that's over yeah. with. See, see now, now, Nick, you're always like, ooh, we never, we never asked how we're doing. I made you, I forced you to ask me how I was doing. That's true. I would have forgotten to do it. Okay. Um, how are you doing, Nick? Corner? How, how are, are you doing, doing today, Nick? Corner? <laughs> I'm doing fine. I took a test about an hour ago. Not even an hour ago. Nice. Were um, you positive? I probably did fine. I am, unfortunately. I have the coronavirus. Nice. And triplets. Yes, and yeah, exactly. <laughs> two boys and a girl. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, speaking of two boys and a girl, welcome to the 28th episode <laughs> of Postponed. That's what we are in our hearts. Today, we will be talking about two films. One of them is a film named Suspiria, and the other is a film also named Suspiria. They came out in different years and were made by different people, starring different actors in, I guess, the same language. Starring different actors, allegedly. Oh, allegedly. allegedly. We'll get there. <laughs> um, but before that, we have a bit of news that we're going to have to talk about. So, um... Let's get into Corona Corner first. All right. Cue that theme. Wow, Love what a good theme. theme. Yeah, great theme. Thanks, yep. Wes. Yep. It's, it's Roman season. Corona, so when you see me next, I'll be partying. <laughs> <laughs> Wes actually sings it every time that we say, yeah, true. let's do it. That's him. <laughs> um, so I got an update on the A24 auction from the other episode when we talked about it. The props from Midsummer sold for a combined $117,000. Hmm. The actual May Damn. Queen Jess specifically sold for $65,000, and the crown sold for an additional $15,000. Um, the Lighthouse Auction also ended, the Mermaid Carving went for $110,000, and the actual light from the Lighthouse only went for 80000 Yeah, well, uh, we all know what everyone's doing with that Mermaid Carving. Oh, you know, you know. And then from Uncut Gems, the Furry, the, the Furby only went for 13000 Dude, what? So, okay, we definitely yeah, could have got that. We, we could have, if we really wanted to, we could have yeah. put in all of our money, never made a film again, uh, and then have Dropped Furby. out of school. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I would have had a Furby. Furby. So yeah, it's too bad that we don't have any of these things. Yeah. Maybe better luck next time, you know? But, you know, I can buy a Furby at the store for like 20 Maybe bucks, we can so buy the dog the from It Comes at Night or something. Yeah, or the tree. <laughs> yeah, oh, there you go. Uh-huh. Or maybe It. It? Oh, oh yeah. Oh my god, okay. <laughs> um, the thing that comes at night. It's quite possible that the Oscars speaking have been of, postponed. Speaking, speaking of it, <laughs> um, a source has told Variety that there have been unofficial talks um, about postponing the Oscars until later into huh. 2021. What does that mean, unofficial? Uh, like, like they, they haven't proposed it at a board meeting yet, but everyone's like, I don't know, guys, we might have to push it back. That's the general understanding. Um, I don't know if that means the rules are going to change, if they're going to accept things from January and February... Probably not, because, like, why would they? But you never know. It's unfortunate, but, you know, it's got to happen, maybe. Yeah, cause it, well, because even if you host it at a, at a later date, 
you can keep the cutoff the same because mm -hmm. ideally two years from now it's back to the normal time yeah but the thing is if they're willing to push it back because they know things aren't getting made well yeah that's like, different then why not you know they don't they can do the ceremony later but at least they can like vote or something i don't know yeah i, I mean know. what if what if like what if they i mean this would probably be a disaster keeping these movies <laughs> secret but like what if they had they just received all the movies that should be out now this or this year because most of the movies that should be out this year are probably done right because mm -hmm. it you know it takes a while to make a movie um so they're probably at least filmed and being worked on so like what if they just got all the ones that were supposed to come out this year and then just rated them even though they hadn't been released yet obviously it's probably gonna get leaked but um that's an option or they use that extra time to watch the movies and then when they vote later they'll have had an extra month's worth of movie watching and they might actually pick good movies because there are some good movies i don't, don't think that's the picked. issue <laughs> That's not the issue, and that's also not the solution to the <laughs> issue, so... I feel like they should just keep it how it usually is, in terms of time. Yeah, I, I agree and with that. And if the movies are... If there's less movies or bad, worse movies in general, that'll just be, you know, a historical reference, you know? Just like everything in 2020. I think we talked about this earlier, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, lastly, there's a Tom Hanks movie called Greyhound. It's set in World War II. I think he's like a naval captain or something. Is it about it's the bus or the dog? Okay. <laughs> Neither. <laughs> it sounds like. Um, it's losing its theatrical release and going straight to Apple TV sometime in June. So there you go. Mm. Was it an Apple TV movie? In no, it, it wasn't, right? No, it was, it was going theatrical. to be a theatrical release. I so, want to say it was a Sony film. So how much did it sell for? We think. Oh, oh yes, seventy Let's million speculate. dollar range. So there you go. That's not a range. That's a number. <laughs> Somewhere seventy to seventy nine point nine million dollars. Okay. Okay. <laughs> plus or minus uh a 10 piece mcnuggets yes exactly um so there you go that's the coronavirus news it's it's getting less and less wow. which is good we didn't even wow. do it last time that so. corner is getting smaller but the angle is still 90 degrees because that's how well works. actually there's another piece of news that could or could not count as coronavirus i'm oh, gonna say it schrodinger's does corona corner so when we did the episode with steven i said hey guys I've got one more piece of news. I'll either talk about it or I won't talk about it. We voted to not talk about it. And then I completely <laughs> forgot to tell you about it for two weeks. Wow. But I kept my promise. It's still relevant because just yesterday there was a surge of stories about it. The uh, story that I am referring to is the fact that Ted Cruz has introduced a bill. Um, he has introduced a bill that is proposing to stop the U.S. government from providing any external support to studios that cut their movies to appeal to China. The only studio I can think of, I'm sure most of them do it, but the one that I'm mainly thinking of is Disney, because they'll always have, like, a, a gay character on screen for 10 seconds that they can cut out in the Chinese release. <laughs> uh -huh. The whole Doctor Strange controversy with the the ancient one being a Celtic woman instead of, like, a Tibetan man, but... <laughs> You know, these things take a long time. I'm sure this, this bill is going to be floating around for a long time. But, you know, I don't know. What do you guys think? Wait, so the U.S. would not give aid to those companies? Yeah, so like like, like with Top Gun, you know, they're, the U.S. government is letting them film in army planes. You know, they're providing props and sets and things. Um, if studios cut their movies to appeal to China then you, the U.S. government just won't let the government, like, aid them with that sort of stuff. And only China? 
in this bill? Um, in this bill, yes, China specifically. I'm sure that the same could be said about like the Middle Eastern market, but China's like an actual right. market. Yeah, but I, th- you know? I feel like it's specifically targeted at China for a reason. Yeah. Well, um, the the thing is, like, China's the one that they mainly appeal to anyway, because that's where most of our foreign box office comes from anyway. Right. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't know, man. I feel like it, the bill doesn't seem like that great of an idea. Like, obviously, like, I think your movie should get to be your movie, and, like, you shouldn't feel like you have to censor it or anything, but, like, at the same time, you know, China's a big market, and you want to appeal to them, and, like, movies already appeal to China a lot, or, like, a lot of, like, the big blockbusters, like Transformers and stuff, will have, like, these, like, Chinese pop stars or something in them to, like, appeal to the Chinese audience, so, I mean, it's just, like, part of the movie industry, and, you know, you gotta get your movie made, um... You, you can't, like, turn down that market just because the U.S. won't let you use planes. Like, I don't know. <laughs> what about you, Ari? I feel like I'm just trying to wrap my head around whether or not I think this is an okay thing. I mean, I feel like the companies that are big enough to where, you know, they're, the d- domestic market is, like, not their main focus. Like, Disney is big enough to where... China, like foreign markets, are such a big part mm-hmm. of like their demo- target demographics. That's I feel like when you get to that stage, it might be okay to not give them as much money because I feel like Disney is not short on funds currently, especially because oh, is is it talking about just help with movies? It's not talking about relief. Yeah, no, it's not saying like like you can't release them, you know. You can do whatever you want, but it's just saying the government won't help you with it if you're going to do this to your movies. Yeah, exactly. I feel like if they, I mean, I think if the government can do that, if if that just goes with what they're trying to do, like what their uh, mm-hmm. political plans are, their foreign policy, what they're trying to push, because it, I feel like you're really hindering Disney all that much. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they have the funds, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel like it's not, if, if this maybe, I don't know. Yeah, at this... I feel like it, it, I don't. Maybe there's bigger like studios, or actually, sorry, smaller studios that need this these uh, this government help and support and intelligence mm-hmm. that's mainly focused on uh, Chinese. I'd imagine though that those smaller studios probably don't like A twenty four. Probably isn't making the big bucks. Yeah, they're not gonna exactly. take out the Furby because yeah. <laughs> uh, Chinese people don't like well, it. Well, the real question is like, I'm wondering like what. What side does this appeal to, you know? Because Ted Cruz, obviously Republican, but the idea of altering movies for the Chinese market, like cutting out gay characters, cutting out, like, love scenes, is a big problem that, like, the left cries out about, you know? It's like, whose idea was this? And also, like, who supports it? Yeah, I mean, like... Because I feel like if if government funds, or not funds, but, like, assists or something with these movies financially, um, mm-hmm. and that's what you're trying to stop, I don't know if you need a blanket thing. Like, it seems like they can refuse on a case-by-case basis if it's really that bad. Like, because I feel like there could be different stuff that you're altering for the Chinese. Like, if you're, like, taking out stuff, like, if your movie's about north korea being like a totalitarian state and then they take out all that for the chinese market it's like okay yeah like maybe you shouldn't support that but like fun fact the uh the chinese release of call me by your name was four minutes long yeah (laughs) yeah but i mean like if you're only taking out like a scene or two the interview was way different (laughs) uh yeah 
Sorry, continue. No, yeah, I was just gonna say that, like, I feel like it just doesn't seem that bad if you're just taking out, like, a 10-second scene. Why Why do they get Yeah, because it's obvious why this is happening now, you know, and this bill wasn't introduced in 2016 after Doctor Strange or whatever. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like, people always complain about this stuff. They're always like, oh, how dare they cut out this one character from, from Onward, or how dare... There was, like, a whole thing, there was, I don't know if you remember this, there was, like, a hashtag on Twitter about boycotting Mulan because one of the stars, like, said they don't like Hong Kong or something. Like, that's not gonna happen. People are still gonna see this movie. Exactly. You you should boycott Mulan because it doesn't have Bushu. Yeah. So this is, like, it's like a response to a message that people say and then don't follow. No one actually cares that Disney cuts their stuff. They're just like, oh, that's kind of messed up. Yeah, because, like... They don't do anything about it. Because, like, if you're in China, you can use your VPN and watch the American version. I mean... Yeah. I don't know how many people are going to see these movies anyway. I assume a lot because of the fact that they've bothered to introduce this. But I don't know. I'm sure the legislation, when it was, like, being, like, formed, was probably had greater, like, uh, political relation things in mind. It's probably less Disney... Because, yeah. like, the relationship with Russia, current, uh, China, currently, is becoming, like, a big political hotspot. Yeah. Hot topic. And I feel that's probably far more what this is relating to than anything to do with movies. I feel like the, movie, the fact that this involves movies is more of, like, a side thing. It's more about a China, you know, just, just p- p- the government trying to get back at China for yeah. a multitude of things that it wants to get back at China for. And also, yeah. like, it's not like the... It's not like this is about, like, Chinese culture, like, taking over. Because it's not like the Chinese government um, is making the film companies censor these things. Like, the film companies are making, like, a cautious decision. They're Uh, making a cautious decision, but they have to... The Chinese censorship process is very rigorous. But, like, that's the thing. Just give them the movie as is and let the Chinese censors mess it up. Exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. It's It's not like the government... It's not like the Chinese government is going to Disney and is like, oh... Um, we need you to take this out, and Disney's being like, okay, and, like, Ted Cruz isn't okay with that. It's, like, Disney's making that conscious decision so that it will, like, be accepted in China. And Also, most yeah. of the movies being cut, they're not, like, art, you know? It's not like Captain Marvel is some cinematic art piece. Like, it is a product, and it makes sense that you would adjust that product to fit certain demographics, you know? Exactly. Yeah. I don't think there's a problem with them censoring it. It's stupid, but, like... What what is the response? Because is this supposed to hurt studios? I imagine they're not trying to hurt studios. So is there thinking, oh, we'll pass this law that says studios can't cut if they want to send to China, and then China will say, oh no, we want the movies. Let's let them <laughs> give it. To, like I don't understand who's the victim in this is. Yeah, because yeah, like Ari was saying, like it's not really gonna hurt these big companies. I feel like it's less hurting China and less hurting studios. It's just kind of to put a message out there, uh, trying to emphasize china being the enemy if that's you know mm-hmm. the kind of path that's the government wants to take that's the kind of law that they want to sign mm-hmm. i feel like that's the purpose of it rather than actually hurting either party it's more of a statement yeah mm-hmm. this is riveting political discussion we have <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh no it's not your fault at all i'm the one that told you about this two month old or two week old news article or however long ago well frankly nick i'm livid i'm angry and disgusted <laughs> 
God mad damn as hell, it. and I'm not gonna take this anymore. Disney. Uh, I'm gonna speed through some better news. Um, this is non-coronavirus related. Je- Zack Snyder officially releasing the Snyder Cut on HBO Max of Justice League. You can watch it if you really want to. I'm sure neither of you care. I don't even know if you saw Justice League. It's a bad movie. Nope. Um, George Miller, on the other hand, has confirmed that... um, Happy Feet 3! Happy (laughs) 3! Baby! (laughs) What? (laughs) So, the cinematographer for the Mad Max Fury Road prequel, Furiosa, is John Seal, who actually is retired, but he's coming out of retirement to to cinematographize this film. John Seal. He is a seal from Happy Three. <laughs> One more gig. <laughs> <laughs> they Lastly, me back some in. sad news. Fred Willard has died at the age of ninety something. Um he's a bit of a he's a bit of a comedic actor. He's in a lot of like uh Christopher Guest's movies. The guy that wrote Spinal Tap that guy he makes movies and usually this fred willard folk is in these movies and he is unfortunately passed away dang would i know would i have seen him in anything uh yes you would have i'll tell you what he is he's the he's the live action character in wally like the the ceo of bnl you know how there's a live action character oh yeah yeah yeah. on the video screen there's a guy the ceo of bnl is like talking He's like, come aboard the Aurora or whatever the ship's called. Yeah, I that guy. That. That's Fred Willard. I don't remember. Not, that. not his most known role at all. But it's something I know. Both <laughs> but most known by Ari, and that's all that yes. matters. Yes. Um, all right. That's it. Rip that's all I got. I'm sure okay. he's in other stuff. I gotta admit, I didn't do too much research on this just because, like, I vaguely know who he is, and I know that most of the movies he's in, you you haven't seen. So, like, he's in Best in Show. Oh my God! Really? Was he the, the, the dog number three? <laughs> yes, he was. He was the chihuahua <laughs> on the left in uh, scene four. Nice. Okay, yeah. now we will play the whole episode backwards in preparation for our next segment. Welcome to Tenet. Oh, that's right. Oh, okay. Uh, One last piece got of him. news. Um, yes. Ari got Tenet, it. A Tenet trailer came out it. today. Uh, the second trailer. They're still actually trying to release about... it. Yes, actually, when does it come out? It doesn't even have a date at the end. It just says, will show in theaters. <laughs> uh, the fact is, Tenet has a trailer. We saw it. What do you guys think? I mean, it's Christopher Nolan, so I'm excited. Dude, I, I, had, a, I, had, a, I had a big old grin the entire time watching this trailer. That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> Something else was quite big when watching this trailer. <laughs> it was my heart. Yes. Um, um, dude, okay. Joy. Let me just say, it says, like, from the director of, like, Dark Knight Rises, uh, Inception, and Dunkirk okay. or something on it. Yeah, and it, like, shows things from each of those movies. So, uh, Nolan Cinematic Universe? Is this the movie that ties all of them together? It's not. It better It better not be, <laughs> but maybe it is. Maybe it was all the same, and Tom Hardy's character in all dunkirk dark knight rises and inception (laughs) are all the same yeah and they're all michael kane in this movie yeah um i mean i i didn't even know robert pattinson was in this movie to be honest he was in the he was in the last trailer yeah i saw the other trailer and i just didn't even know notice it was him because he doesn't say anything in the other one does he double agent maybe it's possible who knows 
I'm not a big trailer guy. I feel like all trailers, just the way that they're formed, just make everything I look made him cheesy. Watch six trailers for this episode. <laughs> no, but like, I mean, because you you're trying to hyped? get the gist of it, and like, it you just put like dialogue clips out of context. You know, like, but when you're like on some weird like TV channel for kids, and then so like they say up next something, and then they have like a dialogue from that next show going. Wow, that's awesome. Completely out of context. <laughs> that's what all trailers feel like for me. Yeah, no, there definitely are, like, very poorly made trailers where, like, you can hear the cuts and die. Like, I, I noticed this for a lot of superhero trailers, actually, where, like, the audio is so wrong because you can tell they've just, like, spliced together, like, a yeah. bunch of different conversations that have nothing to do with them. Black Widow, is that your family? It's bad. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and it's it, a lot of times it's just like they say a sentence and then they change the last word so it has like a different inflection than the Captain Marvel trailer especially was like really bad it had like every line was just spliced yeah from it'll be like this is my way. home yeah. <laughs> um, but no I don't know you catch the bullet you catch yeah. the bullet you don't shoot you did, the bullet you, you catch the bullet it, yeah it's cool though they're running I through don't... they're running through an opera house like I don't know how it's gonna I like honestly I don't understand how the concept is gonna work mm-hmm. because I feel like. How they're working with time and time travel. Time travel is a very touchy subject with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, predictions then. Is it going to make sense? I, I feel like if if it's going to be a good movie, it probably should make sense. Mm-hmm. But like, it about. probably won't make sense the first time you watch it. In fact, I think, hot take, it'll only make sense if you start the if movie you watch it at 43 minutes and 21 seconds. Watch backwards until 18 minutes and 32 seconds, and then you go forwards starting from 16 minutes and 33 seconds until the end of the movie, and then you watch the beginning, but then you reverse the whole thing, and then you rewind the VHS tape, and then you watch the VHS tape as it's rewinding, and then you play it through um, a phonograph. You you take the record, you take the record, Folks, and it it's um, you slow down the revolution per minute and then you actually hear that Christopher Nolan says hail Satan during the movie <laughs> it's actually him yes he put together the and then and then it lines frame. up with dark side of the moon while watching the Shrek movie slowed down to 432 revolutions per minute and if you listen to every fourth word uh, it's actually going to sing never gonna give you up yeah uh, I wish to kill the president overlaid over the B movie script uh-huh Yes. No, but in all seriousness, uh, I, I sure hope it makes sense. Because mm-hmm. I feel like, I mean, Christopher Nolan's movies are serious. Mm-hmm. I feel like it'd be hard. I don't know. I just, they feel so professional. I feel like if he's running with this whole, the whole gimmick is this time situation. And if it doesn't make sense, that's going to be, that's going to hurt me significantly. Like my opinion well, like, of the film. I think, it, I think it will have internal logic, but... Mm-hmm. Like, will it well, be digestible? It like, who I'm knows? Sure I mean, Christopher like, Nolan has thought it through. The question is, yeah. is he gonna let us think it yeah. through? Yeah, and like, even if even if it doesn't make sense, like the first few times you watch it, I think that there's gonna be a lot of spectacle that's just gonna be like, oh wow, the waves are going backwards on that boat. Wow. No, but like, <laughs> I oh my I God. feel like. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so I I feel like as long as it feels like it does make sense, it's it's not about whether it's like easy to understand like if inception was even more confusing than it was but like it actually makes sense because the, sh- the freaking movie makes sense then 
I'll be happy with it. Like, if it's confusing, but the premise is solid, that's not that. Then I'm okay with that. But mm -hmm. I'm saying, like, if the premise is flawed within itself, yeah, that's that's what will turn me off. I mean, yeah. to I think... be fair, like everything I've seen from him that has to do with time, like, makes sense. Like, Memento yeah. has a clear structure. Inception has a clear structure. Dunkirk, maybe less clear, but it's like I understand what's happening. Interstellar. Yeah. I, I, you know, Ari. Like it makes sense. Ari, just just keep this in mind. Time travel isn't real, so as long as they just explain it, however they want to do it, just be okay with it. <laughs> yeah. Like I, I feel I'm like I, I'm I'm of course gonna take it the game of salt because it is right. time travel. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But like Avengers did time travel in their weird way, and I I thought it was good. Yeah. And I feel like they could do this this way too. Like I, I feel like I'm not, I don't need it to be such a high bar. It's just they're doing something so crazy, something I haven't seen before. Because time is moving forward and backward at the same time mm -hmm. in a lot of these shots. Mm -hmm. Like, if if I'm just curious whether a certain guy can control it, if there's certain objects that let it happen, if he's in a certain like dimension. Well, like, all right, let me tell you, time travel monkey. <laughs> time travel monkey. He was the father of all characters. <laughs> all right. With that, let's move on to our discussion picks. Yes, no? What? Sure. You mean your discussion picks? Do we want to move picks? on? Yeah. You said our. Yeah. Are well, we not, welcome to the Communist Postpone Podcast <laughs> for the people. Um, so, we have two films to talk about today. I picked a movie and a remake of that movie. Um, let me tell you guys a little bit about why I picked these particular movies. Because Wes made sure that I would talk about why... Um, I don't know why he was insistent that I discuss why. I don't know what that means as to his opinion, but I will tell <laughs> you why I picked these. So I have always intended to recommend the original Suspiria. That's always been a plan. I wrote down a list of like five movies before we even recorded the first episode. I said I'm going to recommend these at some point. Why? But why was this on the list? Yes. I don't know. I, I just thought it'd be fun to talk so about. So you're not going to tell us why. Like. <laughs> no, 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 I'll tell you why I picked them <laughs> as a pair. Um, so... I had always wanted to talk about that one just because it's a movie that I like. It's weird. It's not, like, standard, you know. A lot of the things I recommend on here are movies that I think are objectively good. This one, I think, is subjectively good. You know, this is a movie I would understand if someone hated. I would understand if someone loved it. Because I've seen an equal number of people online say that they love it and, and or hate it, you know. Probably not and. They wouldn't do both. <laughs> but, <laughs> um... So I also thought it would be cool at some point to do a movie and a remake of that movie. So there are plenty of movies with good remakes. Um, I could have done, like, Wages of Fear and Sorcerer. Like, I love both of those movies. Wages of Fear is one of my favorite films. I could have done, like, any combination of Nosferatu's and Dracula's. And I could have done, like, I don't know, Taxi Driver and Joker. You know, I could have done anything <laughs> like that. I decided that this one would be interesting, though, because it's... They're two movies that are very, very different, and neither of them is objectively a masterpiece, you know? Like, they're things that... Agreed. Some people will love, some people will hate, you know? Ari, right, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> um, so I think there's plenty of room to formulate a subjective opinion. Spoilers, I like both of these movies to varying degrees. We'll talk about that later, but... Like, unlike Dr. Strangelove, unlike Rashomon, where these are movies that, like, people, like, film critics adore, these are movies that I adore, 
and I don't care if you like them or not. I'd prefer that you do, but I think we'll be able to talk about them either way. So are we going to talk about both at the same time or one and then the other? Uh, I want to sure. do... The thing is, I don't want to like make this episode too long by talking about one, then the other, then both at the same time. Mm-hmm. But like, I, I figure we can go through individually pretty quickly and then sort of like together as a thing the the thing about this is like sometimes in other episodes you know like in mate one and gladiator you might not have seen mate one so you can skip that part and listen to gladiator with this like if you haven't seen either of these movies or if you've only seen one you can't listen to the episode because like both of these i think we spoil in talking about them okay so yeah we'll 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 make it up as we go yeah we'll figure it out as we go all right so now that i've talked for a very long time i'm going to continue to talk for a very long time because i'm going to tell you my opinion of this film of We're talking the, the original. first about Only the, the original. original. Yes. 1977, Dario Argento, Italian, dubbed well, in English. Well, they're both 1977 if you really think about it. <laughs> True. They both take place in 1977. Um, I have a complicated relationship with this film. So it's one of the first horror movies I saw. I saw it almost five years ago. Um, and when I went into it, I imagined it was going to be terrifying. It's not at all. It's not like a very scary film. It has unsettling moments at parts. It has just like the occasional startling image. So the first time I saw it, I was like, okay, that was pretty neat, I guess. Very colorful. The second time I saw it, I was like, oh, that was actually pretty boring. I didn't like that. But then I saw the remake and I got all excited about it again. So I rewatched the first one and I'm like, oh, you know, this is pretty good. Then I saw it in 4K at school. It was the last thing I watched in my film club before quarantine happened. And oh my god, I love this movie. I don't know why. Like, it's, it's even watching it for this, I'm like, there's a lot in this. This is just bad. But I don't know how much of that comes from it being Italian, you know? Not, not to, to shit on Italian films, but like a lot of this is lost in translation, I think. So if you watch this as a visual piece of media i think it's excellent because it conveys a story very well visually it's perhaps the single most colorful horror film ever made it has an incredible soundtrack probably my favorite horror theme the acting's not great some of the writing is is eh but like in terms of craft i think this is a very well put together movie i have no clue what you two are gonna think because i made a prediction I'm, I'm going to say my prediction now, and you two can verify whether I'm right or not. I said Ari guaranteed is going to hate the remake. It's going to be... I, I believe that film was, like, genetically manufactured to be the thing that Ari would hate the most. And I thought that Wes would have the same opinion on both films. That was my prediction. I don't know if it's a good opinion or a bad opinion, but I thought he'd think the same thing of both of them. I see. So prove me right or wrong, I guess. Okay. Do I, do I talk about what I think of both films right now? No, just nah, the original. Let's, let's start with the original. Okay. This movie wasn't very the best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's... I, and that thing is, thing is I'm take Like, I, I'm completely not taking into account the, uh... The weird dub Italian. Something's wrong with the voices. I can't mm-hmm. tell how... It lines up and it sounds normal <laughs> and it looks normal, but something's super off. Yeah. But it's it doesn't matter. I don't don't take that into account. Hey, if I was like is, a snobby art critic, I could say that's the point, and it unsettles you. But I've seen Italian movies. That's just that's just <laughs> how they do it for some reason. No, yeah. But God, it's not scary. Uh huh. 
So it is not very good at being a scary movie. The only scary bit is the music, which is constantly being like super creepy at you, and then nothing <laughs> happens, right? It's like they happen. Okay, there's a little stuff that happens at the beginning, you know, mm-hmm. and then at the end it's kind of creepy. But like compared to most horror movies, it's just, like the music's the only thing that's doing it. The dialogue at the beginning, especially, is atrocious. I'll tell you that. Oh my it's god! It's just so awkward what they say. And the transitions are really weird. I feel mm-hmm. like it's just hopping around. It doesn't feel like it flows between. You're correct. Yeah. And it was just confusing for a lot. Yeah. But, like, that towards the beginning... Actually, the thing is, I, the, the, when I wrote that note at the beginning, it unfolded very well. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't say it's very confusing. I think it's easy to follow. You just have no clue why anything's happening, you know? Yeah. Kind of. Like, it, it unravels itself, kind of. Cause, and I like, there is a mystery element to it, and I feel like they do the mystery element of it pretty well. I, the, the effects aren't the best. The, like, the blood, and I think whatever, what, I think there was barbed wire, is that what that was supposed to be? I actually, okay. No, it's just uh, big slinkies. <laughs> it's the slinky room, Ari. Come on, you don't have a slinky room? <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah. I feel like I feel like I, it has a lot of character though, mm-hmm. and it, I don't think it's a terrible movie. Mm-hmm. Some of the I like kind of like the premise. I kind of like the actors, not their acting, but I just kind of like the actors <laughs> and like how yeah. the, I don't know. You thought they were I feel like it's well cast. <laughs> I feel like it's it's got it's got a it's got a good character to it, but it I don't think but it's a good movie. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. Okay. Wesley, yeah. I literally have no clue what he's going to say. So, I like this movie in concept. Yes. The idea of, like, a colorful horror movie with dancing, I guess, is how you pitch this in Witches. Um, look, it's, it's, it's a good idea. It's a novel idea, just like the coronavirus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, like, this is, like an art house horror movie except it's not a horror movie like mm-hmm. at like no point is this like it does it doesn't feel like a horror movie it, it literally just feels like some art house director was like saw one horror movie maybe and was like oh i could do this and then just like did it um <laughs> like yeah but um i like the idea of having like all the different colors and stuff that it to me it, i interpret as being like non-diegetic a lot of the times <clears throat> like having like in so many movies when it's nighttime it's like really like just bluish or like they kind of put like a day to night filter on it um whereas like this one it's nighttime it's like red and green and like obviously i don't think that there's like red and green lights but i think that it's cool that you know they're taking like some artistic liberties with how it looks um but like just all in all it's not really that scary and i don't think it's that suspenseful either like there's a lot of scenes of just like her looking out the window or it's like, one of the weirdest paced films I or think just like i've ever seen a guy standing in the middle of a plaza and like it could be like there are ways you can make that suspenseful but i feel like they don't do it in this it's just a long shot of like a guy mm-hmm. standing in the middle of a plaza and you're just you're what not your not... maggots have to do with anything <laughs> great point ari <laughs> but uh you're not like you're not like wondering oh man what's gonna happen you're just kind of like waiting like for something to happen it's mm-hmm. it's more boring than suspenseful um i think when it's trying to be tense yeah and also i didn't really see much of a connection between witchcraft and dancing in this movie i didn't understand what yeah. the synthesis is there i'm sure there probably is something like there's a reason that it exists but i don't understand that no okay um, so 
I can okay. actually use that to transition if yeah. you're done. Yeah, okay, go for so, There's some other stuff, but I'll get into it. Here, Here's my theory. I don't think this is supposed to be a horror film. And I decided this on my second to most recent yeah. viewing. I think it's an art house film. This movie has startling moments, but like it's it's not paced like a horror film. And I thought, oh, maybe that's just because it's Italian and this is what Italian horror films are like. Except I've seen other movies by this director. I've watched opera, which is like so much more effective as a horror film than this, right? So I'm like, okay, so he can make a horror film. Why is this not scary then? So in preparation for this episode, I watched some of his earlier films. I watched his first film, and then I watched the movie that he made right before this. So the first movie that he made is called um, Bird with the Crystal Plumage. And this is a film of a genre that is only in Italy known as giallo, which is Italian for yellow. And it's basically just like pulp detective thrillers, right? American guy comes to Italy and then gets stuck there and solves a crime. That's how every single one of these movies goes. Except in Deep Red, it's an English guy that's stuck in Italy and <laughs> solves a crime. So Deep Red is the movie he made right before this. Honestly, fantastic. Maybe like a better film in an objective way than this, right? This is the first thing that he made that could be considered a horror. If you, if you want to misconstrue the definition of horror to include whatever this is. Isn't that what it's like is and like the genre designated so like the thing is giallo isn't horror it's like suspense mystery things right so what i think this is supposed to be because sometimes you get a movie that's like uh it's like a war film but it has some comedy imbued into it or you get like a drama but it has a few moments of like of like horror or of romance or something a mixing of genres I think this is, like, a somewhat clunky attempt at making a suspense mystery set in a school full of witches, right? I don't think it's supposed to be scary. I think it's just supposed to take place in a scary place. So right. that's that's my theory as to why, like, what it is. I'm not saying it succeeds at that entirely, because most of what I appreciate about this film is, like, visual and artistic, right? But I, I think that might be the intention, and that might explain why it just doesn't... It isn't a horror movie in any way, really. Because mm -hmm. there are moments where, like, <clears throat> some eyes will pop out of the darkness. It's like, ooh, that was pretty spooky. But then there's a scene where a German man stands in a plaza for two minutes while his dog barks. Yeah. Or my favorite one is when... Um, the friend is Sarah's running and gets stuck in a room and for three minutes someone fiddles with the lock and the music just stops so it's silent <laughs> other than the sound of the lock. Uh -huh. It's like, okay, this is what is this, you know? Uh -huh. It'd be so easy. He's just touching it. Yes. <laughs> well, you know the thing about that scene, Nick? We can get into phallic imagery Friday. The, the Friday <laughs> has a pH in it. Um, yes. The biggest thing was when like they stuck like that blade like that razor through the door mm -hmm. and then tried to open the lock yeah. from the other side. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was getting phallic imagery from that. I'm going to really quickly do the plot, okay? Susie Banyan is, Susie <laughs> is an American girl. She comes to Germany to go to a dance school. When she goes to the school, she sees a girl run away. The girl gets murdered, and so she ends up staying in her room. And everyone's like, oh my god, what happened to this girl? And then some stuff happens. There's some maggots that fall out of the ceiling. There's, I think, a fantastic scene where they're all sitting in a room that's just drenched in red. They're all sleeping in the gym, basically. And then they hear some breathing. 
Yeah, they hear some weird and, breathing. And there's literally a silhouette of the person. But I, I think that's also, like, not actually there. Like, they can't actually see that silhouette. What was the purpose of that at all, again? Because Mother Mother Marcus was there all along. She wasn't on vacation. Yeah, there are things in this movie that happen for literally no reason. I guess they're just there to add to the intrigue, I guess. But um, Susie has a friend named Sarah. I think her name's Sarah in this one. I think it's the same in both of them. Um, Sarah believes that there are witches at the school. She does some investigating, falls in a room full of slinkies, and dies. And then... Um, the, the slinkies do not kill her. So just to be clear, the slinkies are not the thing that kills her. Okay, well, her. She, she gets stuck in slinkies, then stabbed while she's yes, in the slinkies. Because yes. um, she really can't get out of those slinkies. Yeah, she's so yeah. stuck. It's like a Chinese um, finger trap. And so the school's covering up all of these weird mysteries. Um, there's a blind man with a dog who gets murdered. By the dog. I don't even know what's going on there. Yeah, his dog is bewitched, possibly, or it just eats him. Who knows? Because that scene doesn't mean anything. <laughs> um, so Susie Banyan goes to talk to Udo Kier and some old man who say, There are three witches and they control the world. And then she goes back to the school. Wait, does he say three door. witches? No, I don't yeah, think the three... Is yeah, the three he says, thing he says there are three. There are three in this one, yeah, yeah. Is he Mother Marcus are, one of them? I don't think they're named, but yeah, he says oh, okay. Mother Marcos is one of the three mothers. Okay. Um, I don't think the others are given by name. They might be. But then she comes back to the school, finds out that there's a cult going on behind a wall in the office, and then a spooky woman witch goes... Oh, you want to kill me? Well, my your your dead friend is a zombie. And then she stabs the witch and is like, oh, you killed me. And then everything catches on fire. Freeze frame. You've been watching Suspiria. Yeah. <laughs> movie ends. So that's okay, the movie. Does Suspiria have an Italian name that means something Yes, yeah, Suspiria means size in Italian. Size? S-I-Z-E. Size. No, no, no. Size. Like, ha. Ah. Oh, oh. Suspiriorum <laughs> is size, Tenenbrom is tears, and Lacrimarum is breath, I think, maybe? Something like that, I don't know. We're getting ahead of ourselves there, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh, because it's so boring. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by Leather. <laughs> leather. <laughs> More animals than you think. <laughs> leather. Get some, put it on anything. Leather. For 20% off leather, go to leather.com slash postpone. Leather. <laughs> leather, you like it or not. Ah. <laughs> Thank you, Ari. Thank you. Uh, I, I think it's interesting that Ari says that the effects aren't good, because like I actually think... Like, I always forget how graphic this movie is at times. There's a scene where someone literally gets stabbed in the heart, and we see, like, the pulsating heart start bleeding. That's true. I forgot about that. And it, <laughs> it looks like Dawn of the Damned, where it's just, like, liquid red paint is spilling out of someone, you know? Yeah, does it look like blood, though? It doesn't, but this isn't, I don't think like, it's a, supposed a real movie. To... Yeah, I don't feel know? like it, it's a fantasy. It is a movie. It's a fake, it's a fake real. It's, it's, it's not real life. Yeah, I think it's. Yeah, I think it is. I think like the the color of the blood, like at first, is a little like off. But then, yeah. like, I feel like if but it's so just so is everything if, in the yeah, movie. because like the colors aren't real. So I feel like the color of the blood is you can say is artistic if you want to give it that much credit. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I feel I think it's interesting. You say that this was like take place in a scary place, and I think like it kind of does. And that's like one of the biggest problems I have with this story wise, at least 
is like in most horror movies you find a reason to have these characters trapped in a location with like some killer or something where like they can't get out you know they're like in the middle of the woods or in like um so in in the middle of antarctica or something in this movie she's in an italian school they in my opinion at least they don't show any reason like that the school is good like there's yeah. no like there's no like oh man these teachers are amazing or like this dance company like it says at the beginning that like the dance school is good but like it never really shows you that like any there's any reason for her to stay here so like the minute that like people start dying and like maggots appear out of nowhere like I would just like just leave like there's nothing stopping no, her there's from leaving at nothing all. stopping her and there's no Bail reason for ass. her to be there there's no like well you know this place is a little spooky but I'm getting a great education it's like no she's just fainting in the middle of like all her dance lessons like. Yeah. Get out. I I think this movie makes more sense if you apply dream logic. Like, the thing is, I, I genuinely believe that there's artistry in this film, right? Except I don't know which parts of the movie are art and which parts are unintentional, right? Th- this movie feels like a dream that you, like, half remember, where where when you look back on it, you're like, oh my god, there was, like, I was getting chased, and then I fell in a room full of wires. But during the actual dream... <laughs> click 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 oh slinkies you know like it's it's very weird and if this movie were cut down to like 65 minutes right maybe it'd be like super fastly paced right but there are you cannot deny there are scenes in this movie which go on for way too long they make no sense we we follow pat at the beginning when she runs away pat hingle when she goes to some hotel and has the worst conversation I think has ever been recorded on film, <laughs> where someone's like, what's wrong? And she goes, what? And she's like, no, what is happening here? Like, <laughs> these are things a normal person would say. I don't know if it's been translated poorly from Italian, but then she looks out a window for three minutes and then a hairy arm strangles her. Yeah. And once the hairy arm strangles her, like, that part's great. It just takes mm-hmm. forever to get to these things. So yeah. I don't fully understand like what the logic is of certain things happening in the order that they happen in and like even though it's not super scary i do like the gore especially for the time i think i think the gore is good it's not like it's not like insane like the thing levels of gore maybe um maybe it is i don't know but uh um (coughs) it's it's good it's good gore you know pulsating heart you know people get thrown out a window um Mm -hmm. I, I I think the thing about this is it's it's like a lot of the movies I watch with Lucan and Steven, these B movies, they're really bad. A lot of them are Italian, right? Which is why I keep bringing up Italian things because I've seen these movies where they just dub everything. I feel like this is a fluke. Like it should have been a B movie, but it ended up being like slightly above that, you know? This mm-hmm. is like the the bridge between art and and pulp, right? And I... I truly believe that it's self-aware. Like, I don't think the movie thinks it's super scary, but I also think it has problems that aren't self-aware. You know, if someone had edited this differently, it could have been a lot scarier than it actually is. Mm -hmm. Also, um, can we talk about uh, the part when she goes to two therapists and one of them tells her that witches (laughs) for sure don't exist, but you should definitely talk to my friend because, and then the friend is like, no, witches definitely do exist. And then he explains the entire plot to you because like what? There's there's an exposition machine that gets bored of talking. So he brings in his friend (laughs) to finish the exposition for him. This is 
20 minutes before the end of the film and none of it comes into play other than she like walks in a room and discovers witches is like oh yeah no 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 it's the what we got is that the main witch is the most important bit and that's all you gotta kill like the it's like the droid mainframe or something like that uh yeah so let before we introduce the second film and then we can talk about them together i want to know wes you're our music man good soundtrack yes or no i think so i think so i don't 100 remember but yeah i think i liked it because argento films all have these crazy soundtracks a neo morricone did one goblin has done a couple of them for some reason in this movie they're credited as goblin which is the actual name of the band but in deep red they're credited as like Bill Weathers and the Goblins, which I think <laughs> Bill is a better Withers name. Did I don't know, it's probably an Italian name. It's not Bill Withers. <laughs> <laughs> there was actually I almost the other a couple episodes ago there was news that his new film is going to be scored by Daft Punk, which I was like, whoa, that's exciting because Daft Punk hasn't even done an album since they did the Tron Legacy soundtrack. Okay, but then it turned out that that was fake news. A different Daft Punk. Yeah, it's a different Daft Punk. <laughs> as as someone who's seen this movie multiple times, I, you, I'm talking about you, not me. Um, <laughs> I'm asking a question. I'm asking a question to the guy who's seen this movie multiple times. Yeah. Um, at the beginning in the airport, there's a yeah. woman that walks out the door, and there's some spooky music that plays. Who is that? Yeah. Uh, I have no clue. You know what I'm talking I about, think... right? Like it's yeah. very, it's very like it's very loud, spooky music as this it's, random it's woman not, walks out the door. It's not the woman; it's the door opening is the signifier of music. What it's does that mean? It's supposed to be like her walking into this new unknown situation. Wow. <laughs> I there's one more thing that I want to talk about just because I think it can't really be applied to the next one. This is stylistically what this movie is. So. This movie is printed in Technicolor. It's one of the last Technicolor films. It's not shot in Technicolor, though. It it was shot on some smaller camera, because Technicolor rigs are, like, massive, which is why Gone with the Wind, or Wizard of Oz, has these big swooping shots, and sometimes the camera will dolly. Like, they're big cameras. They're not very mobile. This movie, being filmed on a tiny camera, has these wild shots that, like, fly all over the place sometimes, which inspired, actually, the, the Evil Dead camera effects that Sam Raimi uses in those movies where the camera's like really low to the ground and moving. This is a movie where the camera's moving all over the place and it's super colorful so it gives it kind of a unique look and the specific process that they use to color this movie is a three-step process which is the same exact process that they use to colorize early Disney films which is what this is supposed to be based on. Dario Argento was like, hey, I'm going to make a movie, but it's going to be like Disney made a 30s horror film. <laughs> and that's... Well, that explains nothing. <laughs> it, it's, what it's... do you mean? Like Steamboat Willie? Like what kind of Disney movies are we talking nah, about? Like, so s- supposedly Snow White is the main inspiration for this. I don't know how, but <laughs> other than it being colorful and having a witch, I guess. I do like, I do like the witch effect in this. I think that that yeah. makeup is pretty good. Yeah. Um... <laughs> are you good yeah i'm good i'm just trying to think back on the movies because i watched them one after the other so they get mashed up so now i think we should introduce the second film so that we can talk about them together okay Okay. two spuria two furious yes two two spuria 2018 by luca guadigno guadigno i'm just gonna call him 
Luca. Luigi. Because, okay. Yes, Luigi. The first one was made by Mario with the beat. <laughs> um, so Luigi loves the original film. And he, I guess, saw it when he was young. And so he like, loves the original film so much he makes a film that is nothing like it. Completely well, different. No, 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 no. That's the thing. <laughs> intentionally, he's, yes, he says, intentionally. He says, this is a movie I love because it's like you're watching a nightmare, right? Maybe in the 70s, this is what <laughs> nightmares were like. Everyone's on drugs. Who knows? Um, but so he says, you know, you can't just make a remake of the same film, right? Mm. I'm not going to be able to do the exact same thing. So I when, agree with when that. everything... When everything was announced for this, people were like, God, they're remaking this. Like, why? It's just, this is such a unique horror film, good or bad. Like, this is the only film that exists like this, you know? <laughs> Everyone's like, how how do you remake this? So what he does is he does what he calls a cover version of the film. This isn't a remake. This is same lyrics, completely different genre of film, basically. This is a movie that is not colorful is not weird in the same way. It's not, like, dubbed. It's not nonsensical. It's insanely detailed for some reason. Like, there's an intense amount of lore to this movie. Other than, like, character names and, like, a vague plot, it's just not the same movie at all, which is why I thought it'd be fun to talk about as, as a remake. Because it's, Were like, these are the two different films. It has a vague resemblance or that the plot is vague? Uh, I think it has a vague resemblance. Okay, okay. It, it could be vague, but I, I think it's pretty well-defined what this is. I think between the two movies, this is a vastly superior film in every single way. I think it's it's much better written. The acting is incredible from everyone. It's It looks good, not in the same way. Maybe those two could be comparable. The soundtrack is as fantastic, if not even better. And it also just makes sense as a movie in comparison, at least. Ooh. Except, people hate this film. And I don't know why. Like, I get it. It's disgusting. It, it's depressing. But it's also, like, compared to the original, like, this is by far a better film. I, I'm interested to see why you both hate this movie. <laughs> Uh, I want to start with Ari, because I know for a fact this is the worst thing he's ever seen. Okay. So, why? <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. This movie, mm -hmm. it's sad and it's disgusting. But not only that, it's extremely long, mm -hmm. and it makes no sense. Why, why make it two hours? Why have such deep lore that you don't go into? It has an epilogue and the old guy. The old guy, why does he exist? <laughs> why is it such a big deal? This movie is terrible. He's time travel <laughs> monkey. This this movie has no good things I liked I in a movie. I did I literally, I wrote it down on a piece of paper. I said, this is actually the thing that Ari will hate the most that we ever watch on this podcast. Am well, I right? If actually, I if you go into the lore and you read the two books before and you realize why <laughs> the main character is the third mother that we've never heard before and absorbs all the other mothers and kills all the opposers in the voting that happened at the beginning... That it would make sense. <laughs> what? Dude, he's bad. Okay. It's it's so. It makes no attempt to make. It feels like it makes no attempts to explain anything to you. And even if it did, it'd be like, okay, why do you have such a deep lore? You uh -huh. you're making a movie about an underground. Like we saw it's done before. You don't need the lore. Uh huh. 
And they even tried in the first movie, like, with some guy who sat down and explained the whole thing to you, and you still, like, it still makes no sense. Mm-hmm. What are the... What what even are the motivations? I think I remember something about motivations, but not really. And like, is 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 all the disgusting naked old people and rotting flesh supposed to be art? Because just because it's crazy doesn't mean it's art. Sorry. I forgot. Wes, to say, what's your opinion? I forgot to say my one my one thing that I want to point out is there the ending of this movie I don't like. I didn't like it the first time. Which ending? I thought it was like the actual climax. I, I'm saying everything from the second Susie walks into that room to the second that scene ends. I I don't hate it. It's just not good, in my opinion. And I, I thought in watching it the first time, ooh, that was bad. I That almost ruined the movie for me. Thinking back, I was like, okay, maybe it didn't. I, I watched the second movie, and I liked the parts I liked more the second time. And I hated that scene more the second time. So I agree with you there, Ari. That scene makes no sense, and I don't like it. Well, actually, it, it makes sense. I just don't like it. Okay. Well, I want to get. I want to hear Wesley's opinion because I really want to hear how you make sense of this film. Uh huh. Okay. Ahead, so, straight off the bat, a few things. One, I like this better than the original Suspiria. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is. I think this is better. I like it better. Um, two, I don't think that I can actually fully judge this movie having only seen it once yeah i that's what i got like, out of seeing I, it the second time i kind of wanted to see it again before this episode but then i remembered that it was two and a half hours long and it feels two and a half hours long mm-hmm. and i think At that least. i think that that is something that goes against it is that like it's like there are parts i like where like it'll be slow and like i don't have a problem with it being slow but like i think like the middle part like the third and fourth chapters i think are just very long and drawn out unnecessarily in my opinion um you need an epilogue (laughs) here's the thing i kind of want to love this movie and there are things that it does that i think are really cool and i really i really like the filming um like i I like all like the like the quick zoom-ins and like the quick like pans and all the cinematography is really great and i like that this one is like less of a horror movie i'd say um than the first one and it like right off the bat doesn't disguise itself as a horror movie um it's gory and that Mm -hmm. those are my favorite parts i like the fifth and sixth chapters i like i really like those um even the sixth part the ending i i really like um but like like the ending i do like the ending okay i like the ending a lot um okay interesting but i will say plot wise so, here's the thing. I see a lot of resemblances to Mulholland Drive in this movie. Um, like, okay. like I, I, I honestly view the part in Mulholland Drive when she puts the blue key or whenever whenever they go to the opera house, um, I view that as kind of like the sixth mm. chapter of this movie where, like, just everything stops making sense and then you just gotta roll with it and characters just yeah. aren't who they are anymore. Um, but... And also, like, Mulholland Drive. The first time I saw Mulholland Drive, I was like, this is good. I think there might be something here story-wise, but I can't tell for certain. And then the second time, I was like, no, I I, I think there... Yeah, I, I'm understanding this a little bit more. Um, this one, I'm like... I see it, and I'm like, I think there might be something here story-wise beneath the surface. But then I look back, and I think... And I'm like... But, like, maybe not. And, like, even if there is, 
it's like not really that well told like there's some plot line about a psychiatrist that like doesn't listen to the women that he practices except that's like kind of just appears out of the blue halfway through like it's a little bit at the beginning with chloe grace Moretz, but then it just like goes away and then he has a wife for some reason in the middle of it but she's not real yeah. um and so there's just there's just things that happen in this that just don't really make a lot of sense and kind of drop drop back for me and the length also doesn't help but like filmmaking wise and like the experience of watching this i think the like the fifth and sixth chapters i think are very well choreographed i like that i love that dance scene like there there are things that i like about this movie and there are things to like about this movie as a whole i can't say that it's great but i think it's good I'd watch it again, um, if only for, like, the filmmaking and the gore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that right. was long, but yeah. That's my thoughts. I don't I don't have such a visceral reaction as Ari, but I do understand where he's coming from. And, like, if you try to think about the plot... Because, like, if we, if we okay. just jump into the plot, there's three mothers, but there's actually four mothers, but actually the main character is a mother. Is one of actually, the three. <laughs> No, no, the thing is, that's not even the plot. That just kind of exists. Yeah. Like, that's not told to you. There's, like, there's like a lot of themes in this movie that, like, I can tell it's trying to get at, but I don't think it explores any of them as fully as it should. Mm-hmm. Can I make one distinction, though, before we get into the plot? Yeah. I feel like with Mulholland Drive, it's kind of like, it feels like Vertigo or something. I've never seen Vertigo, but, like, you can tell by the plot that, like, it's it's trying to toy with you. With your brain. The whole point of the movie is that it's kind of a puzzle within itself. Mm-hmm. This movie is not a, trying to be a puzzle. This mm-hmm. movie is just so confusing that it, it makes you think it's a puzzle. <laughs> but I, I it does not exude the puzzle vibe. It does not say like, oh, maybe try to figure this out. This is intentionally done in a confusing way. This yeah. is just confusing because it's poorly told. Well, I think that the difference is that they're both... I, I think that it's like Mulholland presents itself as a puzzle. This doesn't. This retroactively This is says, accidentally a puzzle. No, no, no. I don't even think it's accidental. I think it just isn't overt about it, you know? It's like a surprise puzzle, which I, I don't know if that can be... I, I think it's interesting you compare it to Mulholland because I, I didn't think of that, but, like, that that's an interesting way to go about it. But Mulholland... I don't see it. You go into Mulholland and it's like, okay, this is this means something. I have no clue what it's doing. Whereas you go into this and you're like, okay, this is presenting itself as a plot. I imagine that it's going to continue as a plot. And then the third act of the film is like, oh yeah, no, nah, we're done with the plot. Should figure out what this movie was about, uh-huh. you know? I, I should clarify, I, I don't hate the ending in concept. I like it as an idea. I think execution-wise is my problem. Oh, I love it. it, dude. There's like blood squirting out of everyone's necks. Like, it's, it's amazing. It's literally the ending of the, <laughs> the second Kingsman, or whichever Kingsman <laughs> ends with people's heads exploding. Except, yeah, it's like a golden circle, I think. Oh, is that the first no, one? No, it's the first one. No, it's the first one, yeah. And yeah Barack Obama's one. head turns into confetti. Yeah, you're right, yeah. <laughs> this is a movie that I, I'm going to admit, I had no idea what was happening the first time. Like, I watched it pretty late both times I saw it, actually. But, like, the first time, I had no clue what was happening for most of the movie. I didn't understand what the plot was beyond having seen the original and, like, being able to vaguely follow. I'm like, why are they, like, having these meetings? What does the professor slash mental guy have to do with anything? Why is there an RAF, like, faction dispute going on in the background? (laughs) 
And then when I rewatched it, having seen videos about it, having thought about it, having figured out what it's about, I can go through and I say, okay, I know where this is going. Let's see if it actually tells you where it's going. And it's not like incredibly obvious, but there are definitely things that happen in here. Like you can see the moment Susie realizes that she's not a real person. Is that when she's having sex with the floor? Uh, nah, there's like a, I forget when exactly it happens. You can like see actually the exact second that she's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm a witch, you know? <laughs> oh, speaking of that, oh God, I'm, I'm, we'll get into it later. The problem with both of these movies is I like them more the second time and I don't think you should have to watch a movie two times to realize it's good, right? Which is why I'm, I'm willing to say like, maybe these aren't good and I just like them because like they appeal to me. It, it, you might be able to say, oh, on a second viewing, you'll get more out of it. But you shouldn't have to say, oh, you'll hate it the first time, but the second time, you'll love it, right? It's acquired taste. So I After can't imagine... After the fourth watch, it becomes good. <laughs> I can't imagine there's any world where Ari would like this movie. And, I don't know, the fact that Wes was willing to watch it again means maybe he'll have the same change of heart as me. But, like, yeah, I mean, as, like... as a singular watch, that's how we have to judge these films. The, the things, and, like... Part of what I like about this is inherent to the things that I don't like about it. Like, the length, it is very long, and the middle part is very boring, but that makes the part when they just start dancing in the middle of this thing, and they're like, like, this girl has, like, her knee, like, breaking out of her leg, like, so much better when you've just been watching this long, boring movie, and then this happens out no, of the blue, and it's like a fever dream. it doesn't dream. make it better that it took 40 <laughs> minutes for literally anything to happen. I checked the timestamp. It was, like, 38 minutes to the first so scary-ish thing you, happened. I will tell you the plot on a basic level, okay? All right, so, this is a movie. The movie opens with... So, we see Pat Hengel run away from the school and she goes to a man named dr klemper are you are you suspicious as to his gender okay (laughs) i'll just say this now then because like it gets it out of the way dr klemper is played by not a real person it's tilda swinton in a ton of makeup yeah i didn't realize that until i read that yes wait it's really really good the guy in this movie the old man is is tilda swinton is the same as mrs blanc Okay, I don't think that's a a theme decision. I think Tilda Swinton literally just wanted to play two characters. She plays a third one though. She does, but like, is it the is it is it Marcus? Does she play Marcus? Who's the third one? Because I just I read think, on Wikipedia it says she plays three, and then it lists two. I I think she plays. Why plays, though? Like... With everything <laughs> in this movie, why? Like it? Okay, it is impressive. Why? It's like that new Mark Ruffalo movie where there... he plays himself and himself's brother. That, I, I I don't know why, Ari. I'm sorry to say, I don't know why. Tilda I think Swinton maybe, maybe is that's just how they got her to act in this. She Honestly, was, <laughs> it might be. They were All like, right. hey, you get to play two characters and one of them is a man. <laughs> no, 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 no. She insisted on it. Like, they were going to get a real person to play it. And she's like, no. Let me do that, you know? And so in interviews, they're always like, uh, this guy kind of looks like you. Do you play this character? And she's like, no. And then eventually she's like, well, everyone's asking if I play the character, but they don't ask, do I play the actor who plays the character? <laughs> that I do. <laughs> what the hell? Again, okay. I love Tilda it. Yeah, God fantastic damn, actress. That must be so frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, okay, why? Just why? But anyway, 
And honestly, that might even be the superior of her two performances in the film. Like, she's great as both characters, but that, like, that's incredible. If I didn't know that going in, I would have never guessed. She does. That's her voice. And that's kind of what gives it away more than anything else is, like, her voice sounds sort of high-pitched for a man. If they had, like, pitched it slightly down, maybe. But anyway, that doesn't matter. So, Chloe Grace Moretz goes to Tilda Swinton, who is a man. And Tilda Swinton is sitting there, like humoring Chloe Grace Moretz's delusions about witchcraft. Uh, This doctor is convinced that Chloe Grace Moretz has some sort of, like, issues. I don't know what specifically, but she manifests them somehow as believing in witches, right? And then Pat Hingle disappears, and we see uh, Little Miss Ohio come on down. It's Dakota Johnson, who... But before that, the credits happen, and you hear breathing and see a woman and think it's Mother Marcus. But actually, it's it's Mother, Mother. It's the Mother. It's Mother. Uh, mother exclamation mark. The Darren Aronofsky <laughs> film. Uh-huh. Um, so, uh, Susie Banyan <clears throat> comes to Germany in 1977 in the midst of some sort of uprising involving the RAF. From knowledge, I believe the RAF is a real thing. I don't know if the particular hostage situation that occurs in this film is in that. Wait, is in the background the whole time. And Chloe Grace Moretz is secretly an RAF. I thought that was just for setting. That actually didn't happen? Uh, I... That particular group happened. I don't know how... Like, if that specific incident is real. I was assuming the hostage situation was actually something that a lot of people know about that I didn't know about, because... No, I think it's part... I think it's supposed to be part of the story, somehow. It is... It's part of the story, but that's a real group. Like, that part's not made up. So, this dance academy, literally right next to the Berlin Wall. And this one's all girls. It's notable that the in the first movie, it's boys yeah, and girls. These are both very feminist films, if you think about it. Yeah. Like, neither of especially them for is... horror, Especially for horror movies that, like, tend to be pretty not think. Yeah. I think both of them don't pass the opposite of the Bechdel test. <laughs> <laughs> Susie Banyan comes to this school in the midst of some sort of, like, crisis involving a coven of witches. They're having a leadership dispute between Madame Blanc, who's played by Tilda Swinton, and Mother Marcos, or at least she refers to herself as Mother Marcos, played by possibly Tilda Swinton. I actually don't know. <laughs> There's this whole dispute going on. Meanwhile, Susie Banyan is a very good dancer. She gets cast as the lead in the opera Volk. I have a question. It's not an opera. Yes. What? Mother Marcos, do we see here at all until the end? Uh, we see her hand at one point when she presses up against oh, the yes. floor. Oh, yes. And the floor. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. So, all the... I'm trying to be very basic <clears throat> here because I don't want to, like, get too tangential. Are we supposed to know what they're referring to when they say Mother Marcos at any point? Uh... See, like, if this is the thing. I think this is a movie that knows it's a remake. Yeah. Like, I think you are supposed to have seen the first Which one Which is so this. weird considering it's barely a but still, that was, I, I literally watched it right before this movie and that did not help <laughs> right. me whatsoever Susie Banyan is a dancer she has a friend played by Mia Goth Mia Goth misses her friend Chloe Grace Moretz she goes looking for her friend Chloe Grace Moretz she finds Tilda Swinton man and says hey you knew my friend can you help me and she Tilda Swinton as a man says look this is what your friend said. She said she believes in witches. I don't believe in witches, but I think that it's indicative of something else that's going on inside the school. And Mia Goth is like, hmm, you're very weird. I'm not going to talk to you. Bye. And then something happens that Mia Goth's like, you know what? There are actually witches. I, I, I found 
something weird that I didn't like. There are witches. She goes back to Tilda Swinton Man and says, Hey, there's witches. Help me out here. Tilda Swinton Man comes to a performance of Volk. And then during that performance, Mia Goth goes down. This took about Chloe Grace Moretz. Two, almost two hours to like <laughs> where we are in this plot right now. Uh-huh. Chloe Grace Moretz and some Russian girl are defigured and, and like in pain in the basement. Mia Goth gets discovered by the teachers and then she breaks her leg, and then the teachers mend her leg. They send her back to go do the dance, and then I mean, the teachers the dance, break her leg. She snapped her leg, her leg by putting her leg in a hole. She tripped in a hole and snapped her Holes femur through out her of skin. The ground. Uh, her, yeah, bone sticking out. They heal the thing. They finish the dance, but then Mia Goth falls over, breaking her leg again. And and Tilda Swinton man is like, whoa. I'm leaving now. And so Tilda Swinton leaves. And then Tilda Swinton woman... I don't know where you're going with that. I don't know. So then Tilda Swinton man is... Goes home and then sees a person in his room. And then the person comes out and it's his wife. Now this whole movie, there have been whispers about his wife. He's looking for his wife who disappeared during the Holocaust. The Holocaust is a plot point in this film. By this whole movie, you mean yes. the latter half of this movie. No, this is, this is throughout and briefly. it. briefly. He, he's talking about his wife. He's looking at pictures of his wife or whatever. And then, so his wife comes out and it's literally the woman who played Susie yeah. Banyan in the first <laughs> film. It's Jessica Harper, plays his wife. She's like, look, I got taken to a camp, I escaped. And they're walking along through the streets of Berlin all romantically. He looks up, he realizes he's at the dance academy, turns around, his wife's gone. It was a witch, it was an illusion. Woman comes screaming out of the, out of the room, grabs him, throws him on the floor, and there's a ritual. Everyone's naked. No one's wearing clothes in this scene, except for Tilda Swinton as one of the characters she plays. <laughs> the other two characters she play are both naked. Somehow she has a penis. I don't know how that works. <laughs> and then Susie Banyan comes in, and then Mother Marcos is like, I'm the real one. And then she makes Tilda Swinton's head explode. Tilda Swinton woman. And then she's like, hey, it's me. I'm Mother Marcos. I'm glad you came. I've been looking forward to this. And Susie Banyan's like, look, I'm sorry to Are they trying to, you. to put her into like a younger body or something? I have no clue what was happening. Yeah, yeah, no, I think yeah, the yeah. Ritual Susie was is to the put vessel. Her in a younger Susie's body. the vessel. Okay, yeah. so that's right. She's supposed to become Susie, but Susie's like, you can't be me because, because I'm, I'm the real Mother Superiorum. And then <laughs> she makes Mother Marcos explode and then destroys the heads of all of the people that voted for Mother Marcos over Mother over Madame Blanc during the voting scene. By kissing and them then, and making them explode. No, 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 no. She just makes them explode. She oh, kisses yeah. the girls oh, yeah. who have been disemboweled and their guts are everywhere. So she kills Olga, Mia Goth, and Chloe Grace Moretz and then lets the teachers who voted for Madame Blanc l- live. Then she goes to Tilda Swinton Mann and says, look, I like you, you're nice, they shouldn't have done that to you. Your wife died in the Holocaust. Bye. And then the movie ends. No, no, doesn't, no, doesn't, doesn't, uh, Susie, to Tilda Swinton Man's memory. No, but she also, she says, like, oh, you don't listen to the females, right? Your female patients. She does, but that's not plot, that's... I feel like it's a theme, That's something, it's a theme, but we get I think we skipped a lot of themes. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, a lot of themes... There, none of them are explored as deep as they should be. So, here's the thing. You're right in some ways. There are themes in this that I don't think are explored super well. I, I Maybe on a third watch, I'd be able to figure out the whole you don't listen to women theme. I don't know what that's about. I think, okay, but... I think, I, like, really quick with that, I think mm-hmm. 
it's supposed to be like Sigmund Freud because, and this is just like me pulling out like a lot of outside stuff, but I recently watched like this uh, documentary short, which was supposed to play at Sundance, but it's just online on the New York Times website now about <clears throat> like uh, Sigmund Freud's only case study that's a woman. And it's about this like girl that was sexually assaulted and pretty much uh, Sigmund Freud like didn't, well, he believed her, but then he also thought that she actually wanted it and that it wasn't like assault and stuff and all that. So I feel like it might have something to do with like Freud, Freudian psychology. It and... probably does. Cause I think that character is slightly Sigmund based Freud's on Freud. Beliefs were absolutely apeshit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Freud is also much all like, of crazy. All right. Um, before we talk about themes, cause like themes are going to be the big thing. Yes. I want to do what we did for the first one on a technical level, this movie. I think the main thing that this movie does different that I think is incredible is the fact that it utilizes that it's at a dance school. You know, they don't they don't cast spells by saying little magic words and waving their wand. They dance and that's how they cast their spells. And I think that's like awesome. I think that's the coolest thing you could have done with a dance academy concept. Mm -hmm. The witches literally conduct their magic by doing these intricate dance moves. And the first time that we see that Tilda Swinton, I don't know if you noticed this, but when she yes. grabs Susie's hands and feet, there's like a light shimmer mm -hmm. on her hands. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's like a light, and then she dances, and Olga, who's in the other room, she just ran off crying about Pat, gets locked in a room full of mirrors, and then is just like contorted in the worst ways possible. I like that part. Ari Aster, as Wes would say, weak sauce. This so weak sauce. Is this is so disgusting. much better than Ari Aster. This is possibly the most uncomfortable I've been during a film, and I've seen it before. Like, watching this through a second time is not better. It's still as horrifying to watch that scene. And I love it. It's, it's fantastic. And then at the end, when they come out with the meat hooks, I forgot, it actually shows them, like, piercing her. They <laughs> yeah. pick up this woman with uh -huh. just these, like, hooks and carry her away and leave her in a basement. And then when she comes back later, she's like this disfigured creature with no hands or feet that's like crawling around on the floor. It's like, oh my god, what am I looking at? Uh -huh. It's disgusting. It's basically what Tusk was meant to be. Yeah, Tusk is the worst <laughs> thing I've ever seen. Tusk is the worst movie I've seen in my entire life. Uh huh. No, yeah, though, um, it, I mean, you hit on something in that it's, it fixes two of the things that I didn't like about the first one, which is one there is actually a reason for her to be here. Like, you can tell Tilda Swinton seems like a pretty good teacher here, right? Yeah. Like, she's learning dance stuff. And then, I, and I also because... how fleshed out the teachers are in this, yeah. too. Like, they're, all of them are characters. They're always in the scenes. Like, I know who people are in this. Whereas in the first one, Madame Blanc, Madame Tanner, who? Uh -huh. You know, like, they're just people. Whereas everyone in this is a character. Yeah, and then also, like, there is more of a connection between dancing and witchcraft, like you touched on. Um mm -hmm. Yeah, and also, yeah, I think also a big thing is that it isn't a school in this one. It's, like, an actual dance troupe. It's yeah. like, you know, like, these people actually, like, know what they're doing, and it's actually, like, a, there's a reason that she wants to stay here, even as weird stuff starts happening. Yeah. Because Ari dislikes it, I want to get his opinion on other things. Like, I, I want him to be, to be able to talk. I'm interested, because you said you hate this, right? Like, you actually despise I don't like, this. Yeah, I hate this film. Is this, like, a raw <laughs> despise, or this is a... Well, the thing is, it, the thing is it's, it has, I think it, it's, it's harder for me to acknowledge the formal elements mm -hmm. than raw. Maybe because there's more other stuff going on. But the thing is, like, dialogue was bad in this film. Really? I felt like I was fucking an animal. <laughs> okay well and then there's a bunch of there was yeah, a bunch part, of like dance whack. <laughs> I will. there was yeah. a bunch of dance like humble jumbles like it's not a, about the height of the jump but it's about the space below you yeah but it's that's a just bolt how dance people i know dance love. people in real life it's that's a bolt of like. love a strike of lightning <laughs> 
And then after she says, after she says not about the height, mm-hmm. she just she starts jumping. She goes higher, higher, higher. It's like, so, okay, but not, I want not to right be this I dance mean, company's hands. Completely. What? Whose crows are like screeching? <laughs> that would be mine. <laughs> Sorry, let me put them back open? in the cage. <laughs> um, so I'm interested, like, on a purely technical filmmaking level. This movie does it. Cinematography, look good? it looks good. It looks good. I think it's a I gorgeous think, film. I agree. Other than the parts that are disgusting. Exactly. CGI in this not I feel great, like but it's if a twenty you million to, dollar budget. I feel so. like it looked good if that's what you're trying to do. Like. Yeah. If you're a psychopath and you want to see some girl rip her own chest open and heads explode, yeah. Or if yeah, I, mean, I guess they did it well. But I do want to see. That. <laughs> that was so disgusting and terrible, and the meat hooks and everything. It looks professional. It looks like it was done by people who know what they're doing, and this it looks. Movie is so quote unquote good. Intricately I don't know, edited. but not good. In in thinking about it, I had thought these were a lot less similar than they are. They are still very different, but I had thought like they are completely different stylistically. But Wes mentioned when he was talking about it, like, the camera work in this is vaguely reminiscent. Like, there are sweeping shots, long pull-ins on things, and especially when she's doing the dance and she first sees Madame Blanc, and there's, like, this off-kilter zoom. Like, that's almost exactly a shot that was in the original one, right? So it's like, it's like the camera from that, but they didn't do anything with the color correction, and they also set it in the world of Stalker. Like, it's just, everything's bleak and depressing. Yeah, it's all gray yeah. outside. It's, like, the exact opposite color-wise, which it's it was intentional. I read that. on the Berlin Wall. Like, it's the most bleak that this could have been set in, you know? Mm-hmm. And also, Ari, music? Good? Maybe? Uh, it, I, I get it mixed up with the other one. I, I remember. I remember thinking, there's so much suspense... And the suspense is ruined. The, like, the, the, the music is like trying to capture the suspense. But the suspense is always ruined for the fact that nothing happens for so damn long. Right. I actually don't think this is that suspenseful, this movie. Like, I feel like the first I feel one like tried, it's, and it's this not one... Even, it's less suspense and more tension. Like, it's not, oh, what's going to happen? It's, I don't want to see what's going to happen. It's well, like you're holding that tension feeling. out for 20, 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and it's uh. why you feel so disgusting when you watch the movie, you know? Yeah, yeah, and it felt disgusting. My, my, my thing is just, like, this movie made me feel how I think this movie was supposed to make me feel. Whether you like it or not, right, I think Ari and I felt the same watching it. It's just, I no, enjoyed it. because I was feeling... also mad at the movie for not <laughs> making sense. I feel like it's a waste of so much professionalism and so like great cinematography, a great like coloring, like there's it felt like the uh, the atmosphere was great. Mm-hmm. I feel like it, it was a waste of that by plot, dialogue, and just being disgusting. The the thing that I appreciate about this one compared to the first one is this has a plot. Whether or not that plot makes sense, I don't know. But the first one is just Susie Banyan shows up, right? It's very seventy slasher film something happens this is what the movie's about right this movie has eight interlocking plots like the, it's like First it's like luca plot, it's like I luigi watched... it had a plot. <laughs> <laughs> well i'm not saying it doesn't have a plot i'm saying it has a very it's like a line you know yes. this movie's not a line this movie is someone like pooped out a scribble you know <laughs> yeah i'd rather a line than that <laughs> but it's like luigi watched the first film and got to the Udo Kier exposition scene and said, what if that was the main character, you know? And Tilda Swinton played that character, <laughs> uh-huh. you know? There's this whole backstory assigned to the, to the psychiatrist 
I don't know why. Like, I appreciate it that it's there, though, because that's... I didn't, because it was, like, 30 I... minutes of extra movie that we didn't need, most it... of which was at the end. Yeah, I mean, like, if they had spread it out, like, mm-hmm. that would have made it a little bit more... Because, like, the RAF stuff... they didn't care about the character until things was happening like, to him. the psychiatrist is a much more important thing, at least upon first watching this, than the RAF. But the psychiatrist is, like, much more, like isolated in this movie in like towards mm-hmm. the end or like in very specific scenes whereas the RAF is like throughout it even though the RAF exactly. kind of doesn't have anything to do with the plot but, it would but seem the problem the problem is like I Are agree you... this part didn't need to be told and it's why the movie is so long like it's an hour longer than the original but like by the time that we transition to that whole subplot with like following him everything's been set up for the end of the movie like that roughly is the point where Susie Banyan realizes what she is. That's the part where Mia Goth sort of like gets really invested into figuring out what's going on. That's where we've seen all the witches like have their votes and things. So we cut over to this other subplot because we're done with the other one. Maybe they could have been edited together a bit differently, but I think it's like temporally this happens, then we follow this and by the time he's done looking for his wife, they fully rehearse the dance and they can put it on, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's, like, a perfect so flow, but I think that's just what it is. I mean, I think that's, like, why, like, I like the beginning and the end of this movie. I like the first two chapters, and I like the last mm-hmm. two chapters. The third and the fourth chapters, the middle two, it's slow, it's long, and I also, like, because, like, well, let me just ask it. What is Susie? I have no idea. She's a witch. She's Mother Suspirium, and I, like, when I was watching this movie for the first time, um... And, Did she and know the, only the whole time? time? No, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Then but, it cuts um, to her mother at the end right, when, okay, when okay. her actual so, mom so dies like, and says, I literally gave birth to a demon. So, like, know? so like the credit, the opening credits, uh, you see, like, this, like, wo- this old woman being tended to, and you hear this breathing, and I thought that that is Mother Marcus. But in the end, it's revealed that that's actually Susie's mom. Mm-hmm. What What is Susie? Susie's mother, Suspirium, who's one of the three mothers but there's a fourth yeah. mother mother marcus so like what is mother no, no, marcus no. And... it's marcus it was, it was i think no, no, no. that was marcus, the three. no marcus, marcus isn't one of the three it's... is not okay it's suspiriorum lacrimam and tenenbrom and marcos is trying to claim herself as one of the three mothers she's saying i am like the heir of mother suspiriorum and so that... like why? Has started some sort of weird <laughs> civil war. What was what is the other mother, the dance teacher mother? She's Madame just Madame Blanc. Blanc. She's not a mother. She, is she? she doesn't refer to herself as mother. Like Mother Marcos is not one of the three mothers. She just calls herself mother because she's self entitled to that, right? Madame Blanc is the lesser what of the two. What were they voting between then? They're Who would run the dance? Which academy? one is going to run the coven? I guess. The so she murdered is... all these people because they wanted someone else to run the dance academy. So well, they're they, witches. At the end, she they're evil. But why does Suspiriorum like <laughs> side with Blanc over Marcus? Because like, why would you side with Mother Marcus? <laughs> well, apparently, all the other witches do. Because here's the thing. Okay, we we introduce the Tilda Swinton Madame Blanc character. In this movie, she's a character. In the other movie, she's not a yeah. character. Really. I have a question though. Yes. Does this? You're explaining this, and you've mm-hmm. seen it. Does yeah. this feel like it makes sense to you? Because it doesn't feel like it makes on, sense on while you're second, saying it. On the second watch, it, it makes sense to me. On the first watch, I was I I had no clue what was happening, and everything I liked about the movie was on a technical level. Mm-hmm. But honestly, after watching it again, like behind the favorite, this might be my like, second f- favorite film of 2018. Like I I think this is incredible. Really? 
I do. I do think like this through, is a great like movie. even throughout this conversation, it feels like every other question I ask, you just say I don't know to. But it well, makes that's sense. That's the thing is, I don't care that I don't. Know. Yeah, I think the plot but is how does not that mean one it that's meant sense. to be understood. But if we're gonna try to understand it, let me just ask because well, like one I don't thing. understand Eraserhead at all. I think it's good. Uh-huh. Like I don't even know where to begin with that movie. Yeah. Whereas this, there are like clues I can say. You think okay. this is trying to be Eraserhead? Where it's trying no, to no, not no, make no, no, sense? No. Not at all. I, this isn't a movie. Is the thing. This is like. Oh. Lu- Luigi's art project, where he's like, "This is my <laughs> look, mom. Opus. Look what I made." <laughs> I can't imagine I that "Call Me by Your Name" is anything like this. I figure "Call Me by it Your Name" is can't literally be anything like this. So, so Maron Blanc is like putting memories or putting dreams into mm-hmm. Susie. Yeah. Why? Like, what are those dreams? No, no, no. But like everyone's head, Susie, everyone? just to torment them, I guess. Yeah, because remember when she has the first nightmare. Uh, they Her friend say, was oh, all you... like, oh, I've been having dreams of oh, toilet okay. hairballs and toilets for months. Well, but the thing is, like, I think that it's, that's just how they indoctrinate them, right? That's, that's not because... It's like hazing? So they're trying to turn yeah, everyone into basically. witches. Because uh, at the end, witch? when they do the ritual, like, it is most of the girls all there. I don't think they realize it, because after that scene, they're like, wow, last night I had way too much wine. It's like, you literally murdered multiple people <laughs> last night. But I'm with, so quirky. <laughs> Susie gets the dreams because that's what like everyone gets when they come there. But the specific way that she reacts to these dreams is I think it awakens something in her where as she gets better at the dancing, as she realizes how it makes her feel, because she is very good at it from the beginning. And Madame Blanc is like, oh, you're good, but you also suck. You need to be better. The fact that she gets so good so quickly, I think, makes her realize, oh, I feel the magic when I do this. So, when I do this, it very much feels like I'm breaking someone's So you're back. saying that she's always been the witch and she didn't turn into the witch, that she was... Yeah. She, oh, so she, she always knew she was the witch? No, no, no. no. she didn't always know, she but she didn't know. I, she was carrying it. She's carrying yeah, I the feel recessive like, I feel like that part, for... that part is just like... That's just getting to like the stupid end of the spectrum because like yeah it's so dumb because it's not it's not even hinted towards really <laughs> but it is it's there's the random telepathy no, at the like, end it's like how Neville was actually the chosen one okay <laughs> uh <laughs> why is that why did they use telepathy when they could have just speak, spoke <laughs> when they were sitting in the room right next to each other and they were yeah. Just... When they could just be speaking to each other, I don't know. When they're out in public and they're having two conversations at once, that's whack. I like that. But uh-huh. when they're all in the room, the, the the part of this movie that I like the most is the first 30 minutes are like conventional art. You know, it's like, okay, I get it. This is a movie that thinks it's good, right? But then with the second that that dance scene begins, when... Olga and everyone's shouting at each other, I think that's like a fantastic argument. I, I said, okay, I get it. She's upset that Pat's gone. The dance academy's being weird. They won't say anything about it. Why aren't they doing anything? I'm upset. You're all witches. Bye. I'm leaving. Right? Olga runs down a hallway, and this woman stares at her. I I think that's her, like, while Madame Blanc is empowering Susie with, like, the dance magic, the, the witch in the hallway is, like, cursing Olga in some way. Like, they're performing that mental link of, okay, when Susie dances, you're gonna die. I think that's what that's supposed to be. You're not supposed to get that on the first time because at this point you're not supposed to know they're witches. I think. So I think you are supposed to know they're witches though because this is the remake. They they do say it pretty quickly. Conscious. I think it, I think yeah. it is a conscious right remake where like 
Like, I think it is well, like... Yeah, you're right. They, they don't really hide it. But it's yeah. like, if you watch this one first, maybe you wouldn't know. But they also don't have any pretense. It's not like the first one where it's like, the the plot twist is that they're witches. Yeah. In this one, it it's, is... It's pretty obvious early on. That we witches. all know why we're here. We're not going to hide anything from you. You're going to see both sides of this story at once. So, looking... It's not hints in, like, a way where you watch it and it's like, I can figure it out myself. It's something where you watch the movie and then if you look back, you're like, oh, it was set up. But you're not supposed to be able to figure it out on the first What's time the through. What's the point of a setup if you don't, like, it's not even put in your head subliminally. It's just because like there is, it's like an Easter egg almost. For almost. Watch, for, like, people who, like, committed watches to watch it multiple times. It's not what a good movie should do for setup. The thing about Easter eggs is you get excited about them if you like the game that they're in, you know? When when you play GTA V and, and you find a UFO on the bottom of the ocean, it's like, you don't go looking for that unless you're invested in the game. Yeah, that's why I'd say it's a really shitty part of the plot. The thing is, it's not <laughs> trying to be part of the plot. Do you think, because, are you saying this isn't trying to be part of the plot? This isn't trying to hint no, 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 toward no. that? It's, it's part of the plot, it's just not the overt part of the plot. The fact that you don't like the movie means that you wouldn't go back and look for these things, right? It's it's almost like a vetting process. Like if you like this then movie, have some more. If you don't like the movie, so you never have like... to watch it again. It's a paradox though, because you might like, like the I don't movie. Think, if you I don't think anyone is right or wrong for liking this. You know, the fact of that course, I get something out of this is <clears throat> disgusting. You know, I'm sure Ari's like, what is wrong with you people? But I also don't think. Like I get why you don't like it. I it understand so stingy that it saying, is confusing. Oh, and it's... you'll like it. It's it. You, this makes sense because you like it, and since you, it doesn't make sense because you don't like the movie. So it's it vets the people who understand the movie. You know, <laughs> it feels, it's like a wine connoisseur kind of. It's like it's like it's an acquired these taste. Wines. My you could wines. you could say that it's pretentious because it is in some yeah, ways. That's the word the I was looking that, for. Uh, the fact that a movie is being made with the sole intention of appealing to the people that like it. Like, that is something of, like, okay, I'm going to make art for the people that like it. But I, I also don't think... Not everyone watches movies as, as a, like, a puzzle. I'm not getting anything out of solving the puzzle. It's not like my life is going to be changed. In Mulholland, if I solve the puzzle, I might say, oh, I get what this is about, you know? Yeah. But I'm not... My life's not going to be different, you know? Versus entertainment or a, a message, you know, you watch Life is Beautiful or you watch It's a Wonderful Life. Well, this Life. is not, none, none of those three things. It's not a message, it's not entertainment, and it's also not a puzzle. Well, it doesn't have a, I, maybe it has a message. It has a theme <laughs> that I don't know, because like I get the theme of there's dissent, right? There's a whole civil war going on between the witches. It's set next to the Berlin Wall, which is literally a wall between two factions of society. Mm. Right, the RAF is blowing RAF. things up just like is the point the, of the, the RAF just to in like install the theme of dissent. I think so, okay. but the thing about that theme is, yes, it's a theme. What does it mean though? Like I don't, the movie's about dissent. Okay, I mean that was really so tied to things in the rest of the plot. Like Arya's yeah. descent into madness. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas you look at like the whole uh, Holocaust subplot. Like, I don't know what that's saying either. It might just be background. It might just be characterization. I'm not getting anything out of it beyond understanding the character So better. here's one thing actually about the Holocaust stuff that I can uh -huh. kind of comment on. Um, and that's that, like, and, and it even says it's on Wikipedia as one of the themes. But I was thinking about this before I watched the movie because, you know, I'm, I'm so smart, you know. Um, <laughs> is that national guilt is, like, a theme of this. And 
so I, I haven't seen a bunch of these movies, but like there's a director called like Fossbender. Um, and like, oh, yeah, like yeah. there's like a bunch of like German directors that made movies post World War Two about like, like national guilt, German guilt, um, about <laughs> You'll get to see some of those if I decide to recommend them because <laughs> some of them are pretty good. Yeah. And like, I, I've just, I've, I've heard about them and that it's like really like messed up stuff. And like, um, I feel like that is kind of what the Nazi stuff is about is like, it's commenting on like, um, the national guilt and maybe that's the RAF stuff about like this, mm-hmm. um, you know, like war crimes and stuff. But why if it all just doesn't tie together? Because witches it, it ties are... To... The thing <laughs> is, like, what prevents this from being a fantastic movie for me is, like, once you've figured it out, like, I, I'm entertained by this movie, right? I think that even the parts that are slower don't bore me. Maybe I was bored when I first watched it, but the second time, because I knew what I was looking for, I think I got more out of that. Is it okay to make a movie where it's only good on a second watch? I don't know. If Luigi wanted to make this movie, like, he's allowed to make it, I don't think everyone has to like it. But I also don't know if you can call a film truly fantastic if it is going to be non-conventional to the extent that you have to watch it multiple times to get something However, out of it. I, I think I could call a film terrible if I'm only on one watch. Of, of course. And you can say, like, it's... As, as a movie, if you get nothing out of this, then you're not going to get anything out of figuring out it. To play you know? devil's lawyer, though, um, <laughs> I think, like, movies, and it's just, like, a kind of an aside, but, like, movies that are only good the first time, that's also not that good, you know, if you can only enjoy yeah. it when you don't know the plot twist. Like, I am reluctant to see The Sixth Sense because I know what happens, and it's like, exactly. will I really enjoy the this movie? Is good, okay, maybe. I, I, maybe I it's promise good. it's a good movie. But but what about the one where the, they're all aliens that are allergic to water? Like I already okay. know the plot twist of that. You one. can't <laughs> get anything out of watching Signs <laughs> the first time, let yeah. alone the second time. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, that's just one thing. One one thing like, though. Look at look at yeah, like okay. Sorry to Bother You, right? Sorry mm-hmm. to Bother You has a big plot twist, but you could watch that again and again and yeah. still get stuff out of it. There's a ton of things going on there. Do they really make sense, though? Do they tell you anything beyond, like, oh, I can figure out that that this whole subplot is happening and sorry to bother you, or this thing is happening, you know? Mm -hmm. The difference is, that's really fun to watch. This is, like, depression. I feel like the plot twist and what happens within that movie, and, like, they have things that they represent, and I feel like... It's not like clear, like it's obvious, but it's Mm -hmm. I feel like it's easy to put together, or at least the vibe it puts onto you is like what the theme is actually trying to do the difference between these two movies is when you as ari watch sorry to bother you you're entertained so you want to figure out those themes right but it's not a figure out i feel like they're there intentionally and they have a purpose and that's easy to find they're not as hidden you could get something out of watching it again right if you watch this movie you could get something out of watching it again the difference is this is not Sorry to bother you. This is not the movie you watch for entertainment. Yeah, I think... Okay, so... Well, the thing is, I if you think, watched I mean, it four times and you still can't tell no, no, me, no, like, no, no, a no. lot of things I'm asking um, for... I've only seen this one twice. This is my second time oh, with this one. Okay. Here's, here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I don't think themes have to be overt. You know, I think, like, uh-huh. if it, just because it's not obvious what... Or even that messages have to be overt. Like, we talked about... Mm-hmm. We don't know exactly what Metropolis means, but it's still good. Like, even yeah. though, you know, it might not, it's saying something that's nuanced um, and it doesn't give you a clear message. I'm fine with that. I think for me, like, what kind of is a drawback for this, not even plot wise, it's that character wise in both these movies, I feel like a lot of the characters just aren't real people. 
Like they don't act mm-hmm. like real people would. They're not really that fleshed out. And like especially, and they say dumb like, especially things. the roommate. If like, you're Luigi and you watch Suspiria, he said the thing I got out of this is that it's a nightmare. If he I'm not saying this is what the movie is. I'm saying from his perspective, this is what the original Suspiria is. It's a nightmare. And he wanted to recreate that. So in Luigi's mind, these are two movies where it's not real life. It's it's something else, right? Mm-hmm. As a person watching these movies, I have no clue what's happening in either of these movies because I don't have that like perspective going in of like, ah, yes, this is about something. Right. When you watch this the first time, these are two movies where nothing makes any sense. And on a second watch, you might say, okay, I get what's happening sort of. Right, but like who, it's definitely a lot easier in the first So, one. like, whose nightmare do you think the remake is? Because it can't be Susie's, because... Uh, I'm not saying it's a literal nightmare. Like, this isn't right. right, right. No, 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 I know, I know is, what you're saying, but I mean, like, I feel like... This is the universe's nightmare. I feel like, you know? and this could just be a different movie, but, like, I feel like if it was a nightmare, like, it's not my nightmare watching it, because mm-hmm. there are parts I like, and it's also not, like, scary all the, all the time. And it's not mm-hmm. Susie's nightmare, because she, like, you know, it's a little scary for her originally, but then, like... She kind of just it becomes like the witch. I think and then the it's answer not, it's is not, a nightmare for it's Ari. Not, it's not, yeah, <laughs> it's not the psychiatrist nightmare nightmare because he's like barely a character at the beginning. Well, I don't so. know. It it might be his nightmare because his <laughs> I, wife so I isn't think, real. I think, I think if it is anything, it is his nightmare. But like he's not the main character, so, and he's not fleshed out enough. Like that well, that was not only not only because at the end she she wipes his memory like she's doing him a favor like you'll forget about chloe grace moretz you'll forget about me you'll forget yeah. about me a goth you'll also forget you ever had a wife it's like wait so, no 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 you know so it's like you're waking up from a nightmare and then you don't remember it i think i think i solved it right there the psychiatrist it's the psychiatrist nightmare um <laughs> maybe but like that is that is something though the that kind of took is me the easiest character to follow too yeah because like like he's the one being told what's happening but like, more yeah. than anyone else. That is something though that did take me out of like <laughs> he's he's based on the exposition character from the first one, except it's the opposite. He's the one receiving all the exposition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um it's something that took me out of both movies is that and especially the remake, is that Susie just kinda like who who is this? Like mm-hmm. she doesn't really have any desires other than to be the hands of the company she doesn't really She's the least fleshed out in both of them yeah which is weird yeah and it's like she kind of just and especially at the end she just stops being a character because she just she, things just happen to her but she doesn't like react to things in any way mm-hmm. um and to me i don't like that i mean i understand maybe that that's not the point and that the the point of this isn't to have strong characters or a strong plot even but i do think that it kind of takes you out when you can't um like relate to anyone and and the thing is even if it's intentional as like a now that you know she was mother superiorum all, all along it doesn't matter what she was thinking beforehand like that that doesn't change the fact that i had no clue what was happening for the first two thirds you know <laughs> uh-huh. yeah i think like, anything sarah is just i think but even then we see flashbacks to young her and she's obsessed with going to berlin which i think is supposed to imply she's already possessed by that point like why else would she have so it's like it's like like, it's like all witches are drawn to this coven yeah or when she says i saw you madame blanc multiple times in person maybe that had something to do with her getting possessed like i don't know what point maybe she's born with it you know maybe it's (laughs) maybe yeah (laughs) i don't know go on um oh 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 yeah i was gonna say sarah um i think sarah is the most like 
relatable character to the audience in both movies which i think is yeah. interesting because she's not the main character but like she's the one that we as the audience are most she's like the vessel it, yeah. the she's the vessel for the audience yeah because she's the one yeah. that's actually trying to because figure out what's like going on the audience at the end she just wants to die <laughs> um, she's the only exactly. one who's trying to figure out what's going on Susie, like clearly in both movies like doesn't really care about these weird things that are going on she's just like it's weird uh, yeah. whatever um, I love the ending of the first one when she is walking away as the building's burning behind her and she just smiles and walks off. I'm like, why are you smiling? It's same. I remember Nothing that. that just happened is exciting. She's like, what happens died. in Germany stays in Germany. <laughs> yeah. I will say in the yeah. remake, if we're going to compare the original remake a bit, um, the remake took out my favorite scene from the first one, which is when she walks exactly 20 steps. I counted because... Uh, it, she actually walks 20 steps except it doesn't matter because there's one doorway at the end of the hall it's not like there's a long hallway of doorways and it's like go hey, to she, the jade door still, it's like literally counts. that's one of the that's one of the few things that i noticed was like a direct retake like wasn't it's... it wait was but in the remake wasn't it like 100 steps it's Maybe more it steps but it's, it's i don't think still... it shows all the steps though in in both films though that doesn't make sense because when you can hear steps in the other room you like directionality and like distance yeah I don't... but i just think it's so funny the first movie because there's one door like where else would they be going <laughs> i also like when when Susie banyan is talking to madame blanc in the first film and is like i heard pat say something about secrets and irises and the, the opening shot of this scene is the two of them in the lower third of the f- of the frame and just dead center there's a mural where the only colors are this like painting of an iris in the middle uh-huh but when I pointed this out to Wes, he said, "Oh, I didn't notice that the first time." So I didn't. Yeah, there you go. On a second I watch, was, you get exactly. I think the mystery one was done thing. very well. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the mystery bit of that, like, well, what was she saying? Like her being able to remember it, kind of. And it's it a good on. mystery in the first one. It's just, the... it's a mystery. It's not a horror film. Whereas yeah. I have no clue what the second. But one the is. payoff. It's like if you were watching, like. If you were reading a uh, a murder mystery and then the it's a really good mystery, but then at the end, oh, it was actually Satan and he time travel monkey killed them. All. <laughs> then you'd be like, what the heck? And like that's kind of this. It's like, oh well, they were all witches all along. So, but I think there's a certain <laughs> we level knew that from the get go, didn't we? <laughs> It, no, 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 I'm talking about the original. I'm talking about the original. Well, we knew that a while ago, still. Like, way before the mysteries solved. Right, 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 yeah. The, the other thing, maybe I've just thought of this, is I remember there's a speech that Tilda Swinton gives where she's like, when you dance the dance of another, you, you become them, right? Mm-hmm. Is he saying, hey, I'm making the movie of another person. I am Dario Argento. <laughs> Luigi becomes know. Mario. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that, like, as as a remake, this is not the same movie at all. Mm-hmm. There are whispers of the same thing. You know, it's barely the same thing at all. Um, I appreciate which, that too. You know, is interesting because it means Ari hates this movie. It doesn't ruin the first one at all. You no, know? I, I agree. I think like, and I think it's interesting that like you know the first movie. If you're a fan of the first movie, that doesn't mean you're a fan of this one. Like I didn't mm-hmm. like the first movie that much, and I liked this one. I liked the remake. Which is why I think that the disparity in rating between the two of them is so interesting. Because people are upset when they hear it's getting remade, and they're like, how dare you try to recreate the first thing? They go to see the movie, it's not the first thing at all, and they say, how dare you make it so different than the first thing? <laughs> I think it's so interesting because, like, 
I don't think the first movie is that good. I don't know. I don't know who saw that movie and was like, I, I want to remake that movie. But apparently a lot of people like it because it gets really high ratings. Because, like, I, I like that movie. I don't think it's great, though. Like, it's a movie that I adore and I, I love the visual style of. I love the way that it works. But every time I watch it, just open the door. Stop fiddling with the lock, you know? <laughs> it, it does a lot of things wrong, but it's also, like, I don't know what it is about it that I like. I can say very specifically what I like about the remake because it's just, like, it appeals to me. With the first one, it's like, why do I like this? It's, I mean, just, it's is it colorful? I mean, it's you unique, know? Am I like, you know? shiny thing? Like, it is unique, love or hate it, why... there's nothing like it that's why it's so well known is because it's it's it is the colorful horror film you know mm-hmm. versus this which beyond being a remake of suspiria like i don't know why the average person would care for this and that explains why like... the average person doesn't like it probably mm-hmm. even disregarding everything to do with the first one yeah i think most people still hate this film Mm-hmm. Oh and yeah, I, 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 I think if you saw this movie and like if you just stumbled across this movie on Prime Video, you'd watch this and be like, "What the hell was that?" Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, I also <clears> think like maybe you kill yourself. <laughs> from are you ready to die? No, no. She's like, "What is your one wish?" And like to die. <laughs> <laughs> Granted. So beautiful. Yeah. But like, why do they show them cleaning it up at the end? Oh, that was someone's got to clean it. I know. <laughs> It's the film set, like... It's like if Avengers, the first one, had, like, you know, an epilogue that was, like, 20 minutes long, where people just, you know, just, you just talk to, like, you know, people on the street, and you see the people being, uh, yeah, they're that, rebuilding that, the houses. That's the beginning houses. of Spider-Man Homecoming. No, it's like, it's like if in a hot lead, Lucan walked into the room of a shootout and said, wow, someone's gotta clean this up. <gasps> oh, wait, we did that. Yeah, except it wasn't we 20 minutes. We made <laughs> We did it. I, I, I just think that, like, technically, I love both of these films on a technical level. I thought you were going to say on a technicality. <laughs> on, on a technical level, if I made a film that looked like either of these movies, I'd be proud. If I made a movie like the second one, I believe Luigi is confident that this is a good movie, right? I doubt he made a movie that he thinks is bad. I don't think anyone ever makes a movie they think is bad. Uh, okay. Uh, Josh Trank. Uh... Roger Corman. <laughs> um... Also, really quickly about Josh Trank, the poor guy finally gets a job again by making this movie with Tom Hardy, Capone, and then coronavirus happens and it loses so much money for the studio. I'm convinced this man will never work again. <laughs> it's really unfortunate. But anyway. He made Chronicle, I, right? Chronicle isn't even that good. Yeah. It's it's not terrible. It's also like, I think most of the faults of that movie is I can place on Max Landis, but that doesn't matter. Uh-huh. Um... As a film, I like both of these movies, but no, I take that back. As an idea, I like both of these movies. As a film, I like the second one more. I I, I just think it's a fantastic film. I'd rewatch it again very happily. I liked it a lot the second time. Maybe someday I'll like the ending. I just think that, like I said for Gladiator, I hate it when they slow down the frame rate and weird things happen. I, I stand it. by that. Even when it's art, I just can't stand the low frame rate uh but yeah. why is it art whatever i art is if the person that made something genuinely believes it's art it's art the, the guy that taped a banana to the wall i refuse to believe he genuinely thinks that's art he thinks it's no, funny no 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 the banana is art because it's commenting on art 
it maybe. And then the guy that eats the banana is commenting on modern art, you know? No, the guy that eats the banana is actually the same thing as the shredder that shredded Banksy's painting. <laughs> okay, True. that's the greatest thing that's ever happened. That's so funny. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't know. I, I like this movie. I don't care if you like or dislike it, but did you get something out of watching it? Uh, an aneurysm. <laughs> <laughs> and on that I, note... I, <laughs> I know I, I I appreciate I I, I like your uh, recommendation. Like I don't want you to recommend like Midsommar because I've heard no, of, like what goes I down wouldn't. in that. I nah. I'm or not Tusk. saying that no, there dude, are movies dude. that. W- All right, Midsummer like is not is not is nothing compared to this. Really? Yeah. Like Midsummer is like they dress up in a bear costume and just fall like around. Midsummer doesn't really have a point beyond grossing you out i guess it says no it's about abusive relationships man it's an allegory (laughs) it is but that's all it has going for it you know like that's a whole movie that's two and a half hours of oh i get it their relationship is bad whereas this is two and a half hours of i hate this i hate this i hate this what it's about something you know I mean, if it is because, like, because, like, I'm, I'm tempted to say that, like, I, upon seeing this, thought that the main theme is the psychiatrist because that's the end, that's mm. the epilogue, and she says, like, this is for all the women that, like, you didn't listen to, and like, that makes it seem like the witches might not even be real, like, it might only be about that because the last shot is the heart, mm-hmm. so like, it's pro- like that's how I read it. It's about the psychiatrist. And that this witch story kind of has nothing to do with anything. But also, I thought it was interesting that he's his mind is wiped, and then the last thing we see is the heart. You know, mm. it still happened, whether he remembers it or not. You know, the witches are still in this movie. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> except for the other two mothers. Yeah, I think this is a well put together film. But something I also want to really quickly talk about is this might be my favorite trailer for any movie ever. I, I think this is, like, S. the best composition of a trailer you. ever. I I love S. this trailer. I've seen this trailer maybe 12 times. Hi! <laughs> what movie is it going to be? <laughs> Suspicious? Did you guys, did you guys, I made you guys watch the trailer. What did you think? Because I know Ari hates trailers. I'm interested to see if you got it. Because I think okay. as a trailer, this isn't just out-of-context clips. I don't think there's a single line of dialogue in this whole trailer. It's just shots of the movie put together with spooky music, and then it's like honestly chilling when those letters come in. It's a gimmick, sure, but like I, I think it's great because it made me want to see the movie. It's alright. So yeah, I feel like what, you sent it's me no that, and I, for some reason I assumed, yeah, for some reason I assumed that it was a like when you sent me a trailer, you want me to like find something bad in it, like oh look at this trailer, like look how bad of a job, like look how it didn't represent the movie. And I look, I watch, I'm like. Uh, this is a good the Logan trailer I sent. I, I, no, I, yeah. that has no basis in reality because almost every trailer you, we talk about, like they're not, we don't talk about them because they're bad. We just talk about mm-hmm. them because they're movies. Yeah. Like I'm not sure you've ever sent one like being, oh, look how bad this trailer is. Yeah, I feel like I feel like it kind of caps after watching the movie. I feel like it wasn't misleading. Mm-hmm. And which yeah. is why I think I'm I, glad I you. That's why I sent it to you after you watched the movie because I. Um, you hadn't seen the trailer at all beforehand, right? You didn't Correct. know anything about this movie going Correct. in. If I had sent you that after you watched the first movie, you'd be like, "This Nick, you sent the wrong trailer. This is yeah. not the same movie, right? 
Yeah. So you're right. It doesn't lie. It shows you exactly. This isn't Suspiria. This is my Suspiria, you know. And at the same time, I wasn't excited for this movie. I mentioned in the the garage, the original garage, Nick complaining about movies being remade. Suspiria is one of the ones that I put down because I'm like, just you can't just make another colorful movie and say, yep, there's my Suspiria. So he said, nah. I'm gonna make a black and white movie, and it's gonna be about Complete. depression. You know, yeah. I I think it's a fantastic trailer. Yeah. I, I know I, neither of you appreciate the fine art of trailers as much as I do. I, 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 I like a like trailer. Is, I've yeah, watched this the is a rare trailer. trailer. <laughs> exactly, and you much better than the film, it's right? It's so much better. Yeah. This this trailer just imbues me with a sense of dread. Maybe the movie doesn't even capture the same dread. Like, in this trailer is scarier than the actual movie. Because it's like, ooh, what's going to happen in the movie? And mm. then you watch the movie and you're like, oh. Oh, God, why? <laughs> you know? I, I entirely agree with Ari about this movie giving you an aneurysm at the end. The difference is I liked having that aneurysm. I did not. I feel like we're running low on time here. We've been doing this for over two and a half hours. No, we haven't. Have we really? It's been two hours. It's been two hours. Anyway. I've always been sitting down here. Do we have any questions, for... Nick? Or recommendations uh, from guests? We do have a recommendation from a guest. Um, I will say, gentlemen. Or not guests. I, I enjoyed talking about listening. this film. I promise I will never recommend anything as disgusting as this movie. Why not? Yeah. This is still like, recommend... Nick, Ari Aster, this movie. It, there's no ceiling. <laughs> There's no ceiling. Yeah. It can. Maybe, I can. I'll, I'll I can do West. more. I won't make Ari watch them. Okay. I won't make Ari watch them. But I'm not guaranteeing I won't recommend weird movies. I'm just telling you they won't be. They won't make you want to die, at least not in the same way. You won't be depressed when you watch them. Um, you might just be confused. This is foreshadowing, or maybe it isn't. Speaking okay. of of foreshadowing, uh, there's a movie that we've been recommended. Some movies have foreshadowing. I don't know if this movie has foreshadowing. That was just my terrible transition. We have a recommendation from Steven. He's recommended a film that I've wanted to see for a while. Uh, he's recommended the 1993 uh, Harrison Ford starring film The Fugitive. I don't really know why, but I appreciate it. Because it's a very different movie than anything we've done recently. It's getting back into that like total recall realm of just doing an action film. I'm interested to see it. Same. Yeah. It'll be maybe a good way to refresh after watching this. Yes. Cool. But it's but going to be accompanied by... A movie. Wesley's recommendation. Correct. So, I have a recommendation for the next episode movie. Episode movie. Um, here's the thing. Economically, this country, it's not doing great right now, Okay. It's, it's not doing great. It, neither is the world. Uh -huh. um, but there was a time when the economy was better. And then it also did worse, like 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 right now. Or maybe even worse than right now, but maybe not worse than right now. Oh my god, he's gonna recommend <laughs> I'm, The Depression. I'm recommending <laughs> The Great Depression, um, basically. <laughs> no. In actuality, I'm recommending a movie that came out in 2015, about 2008. It is called Adam McKay's The Big Short, and Yay. it's it's a good movie. Have you seen it, Ari? No. Amazing. No, but he has seen the scene with Margot Robbie, so I won't spoil I, the movie. I'm excited. 
I won't spoil the movie. <laughs> That's not a spoiler. I won't the spoil trailer. the movie. Don't okay. spoil the. I appreciate this, Wes. Good. It hopefully will make you laugh, Ari, and not want to kill I'm yourself. So excited. Yeah. Uh, right. Next episode's gonna have a very different energy. Next episode. Oh, I'm so comedy. excited. A comedy and an action movie mm -hmm. compared so to depression. I think this is and confused. Depression. I think this is the first like happy movie that I've recommended for this podcast. Um, Let's go! I'm so <laughs> excited. I'm so happy. My club's so happy, dude. The world ends yeah. at the end. I love it. And speaking of ending, Wesley. Anyway, end us. Speaking of ending, this podcast has to end so that it does not end up as long as the remake of Suspiria. If you've liked this episode, be sure to check us out. If you're not already subscribed, give us a subscribe at the bottom of the screen, okay? Um, right, calm down, Todd Howard. <laughs> and uh, leave a leave a like, comment, rate five stars. Uh, check us out if you if you like this episode. Listen to it again on a different podcast platform, uh, please. It, it helps with analytics, I think. Um, tell send this to a friend or Despicable Me minion of your choice, and. Um, watch uh david lynch's uh weather reports <laughs> yeah we didn't even talk about his new short film he has a new short film it's, it's exactly what you think it is yep it's weird yep go watch that yep. bye